Hey, kid, come here. <laughs> you want some candy? Uh, hey, this is uh, Editing Megan. I'm alone right now. Sophie's not here, so I can talk mad trash. Megan, she's not too. I just wanted to make it clear that, yeah, this is a three-hour-long podcast. Um, and if you're listening on SoundCloud or anything, that might seem kind of wacky. But on YouTube, there are, in fact, uh, signifiers of when the albums change. The covers will change. So you can always go on there if you want to just skip to ones that you want to hear. Okay, bye-bye. Podcast canceled. Yeah. Podcast canceled. We're done. You can't be doing that. Awful it's start. Two. Awful start. You haven't okay. earned that yet. I haven't. Okay. Rewind. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Hot on the Presses, episode two. Okay, GLaDOS. I'm Megan. <laughs> and I am not associated with her oh, anymore. Okay, okay. All right. Thanks. <laughs> I'm Sophie, and welcome to the only music podcast that's not talking about Donda 2 this week. Yeah. <laughs> Because, I don't know, we don't care. Shit show. Shit show. Shit show. Um, the funniest part was uh, him throwing the mic on into the water. That and killed me. And it stopping working. That killed me. That was me. very funny. Him trying to pick it up later and it not working. And then him like sitting on the step sadly while the, the beat <laughs> to that one song played was hysterical. Okay, I know I said we're not talking about Donda 2. Did you see either of the two music videos that dropped for I saw this the week? Pete Davidson one. I forgot about that one. Yeah. So that was a mess. Oh, yeah. Then there was the one he, the, the video for Hurricane from Donda 1 uh-huh. just came out okay. for some reason. And it's like PS2 graphics. Oh, awesome. And then today, a second video for the that song the, mm-hmm. with the Pete Davidson, uh, Easy. Um, My life be so easy. It's a terrible song. And they just put out the video, another video for it. And it is also like looks like PS2 graphics. Awesome. It is like a metaverse. That's the aesthetic, ass, I guess. Like NFT. It looks like wow. garbage. It's so funny. This is like the most. Kanye West did not put an album on Spotify, and yet was the most played artist on Spotify last week. He's the only one who could do that, and I hate it. And this is the material that yeah. he's putting out. It's so bad, dude. I saw some people asking on my server for it on Soulseek, and I was like, why? Why are you doing that? You can find it on Mega so yeah. easily. Um, all right. So, <laughs> so remember how I said we're not talking about Donda? Yeah, literally 1984. <laughs> literally 1984. So, uh, I thought that we I, we could start out just discussing like a little bit of stuff that's new to us, not necessarily like new new, just because it's always nice to give love to older it is older quote-unquote things as well old people yeah call have your you, grandma have you ever listened to kagayaki by masakatsu takagi that's gonna be a no for me really wow okay uh, th- this one's like one that um people in quote-unquote my circle are very into <laughs> okay um 
and I hadn't listened to it until recently because it's like an hour something long and I was like um but it's gorgeous it's hmm. so so beautiful what's the genre tags on that bad boy weird um cool it's, it's like a a lot it's like very baroque and like sumptuous and really lush okay it's got some sound collage elements that's like a, a lot of like kind of just people talking that's a solid use of the word sumptuous thank you i think the government should give you five dollars for I that appreciate one that. i actually got it from my uh that word from my art history uh my uh 102 professor mm-hmm. um my context 102 i love her uh shout out danny best professor and she would say everything was sumptuous. <laughs> and I had like a counter going in my head of how many times will Danny say sumptuous we, today? We live in a sumptuous world. I had a I had a teacher yeah. in high school, my my social studies teacher, who was like this football bro. And after the end of every sentence, he would end it with okay. And I had a running tally of every time he said okay. <laughs> Literally like every class I would be keeping tally on the side. I felt like, have you seen the video of the guy that's like, yeah, fucking steak Monday, baby. Fucking ba- steak Monday, baby. Yeah, steak fucking Monday. And the- no. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay, you should look up this TikTok because it's some guy and he's like eating a steak at yeah. a restaurant and he's like, yeah, fucking steak Monday, baby. Fuck <laughs> steak Monday, baby. Fuck yeah, steak Monday, baby. And he's like, he says steak Monday, baby. Fuck yeah. Like in a million different configurations, like 25 <laughs> times each. And the it's duoed with a person on the side with a whiteboard who's trying to keep tally of every time he says each word and they like cannot keep up. Oh my it's God. so funny. But that's what I felt like keeping track of every time Mr. Mater said, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Danny would would say sumptuous. Like, like you could see the gears turning in her head of like how to describe like fabric. She'd be <laughs> default to sumptuous. Yeah. Like, because the first, the first like couple days of class i heard it and i was like oh that's like a ten dollar word like good job and then by like class like five i was like this is like number 10 <laughs> like this is crazy started as a ten dollar word but like the supply it, and demand yeah, got exactly. fucked up she, the inflation. she enacted inflation on her own words yeah <laughs> it's like five cents by the end it was awful tossing sumptuous out the window to the peasants below she also like we had a meme in that class about horatio greeno's uh george washington if you're familiar is that the one where he's on the horse no, that's the one where he's sitting in the in the throne, looking like oh yeah, the yeah, fucking yeah. The, yeah. the man. Um, and uh, we had a, a joke about that one because she referred to it as a neoclassical monstrosity. And Ooh. I brought that into my next year's art history nice. class when we talked about American art history. And my professor was in love with that phrase. <laughs> she had me repeat it like every class. <laughs> it was so funny. She was she was like she was like how do you guys feel about this one and i was like well to quote professor danny jakabowski <laughs> this is a neoclassical monstrosity i googled neoliberal yeah and she <laughs> shout out who's the guy from from alt j oh don't ask me to tell you what his name is i only know one member of alt j's i only know one of their band members names because his name is Gwil, G-W-I-L, oh. Gwil Sainsbury. I don't think he's even in the band anymore. I think he left. <laughs> well, shout out to Gwil. Shout out Gwil, wherever you are. <laughs> but uh, and then like the next week, she was like, so we're going to talk about Horatio Greeno's uh, George Washington again. And Megan, what was that funny thing? <laughs> it's like neoclassical monstrosity. <laughs> and then like the next two weeks, every time she'd be like, it's, a ne- it's like a neoclassical abomination. What was it? <laughs> 
<laughs> That's the cover of my debut mixtape is me <laughs> in that pose yeah. in the throne and it says neoclassical monstrosity oh, at the top. Oh, that'd be hilarious. That's like, a, it reminds me of, do you know Left at London? Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. Uh, transgender Street Legend. Transgender Street Legend. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I need to listen to that album. I've been meaning to for like a year, but she starts it. It's not even that long an album, but yeah. the first track is like 11 minutes long and it's so daunting. Dude, it's like, I don't want It's that. so fucking I've heard it's good. I think you told me it's good. I listen to it at least once a week. Mm. Like, it's so good. I Mm. I sometimes I'll just go in and I'm like, I need pills and good advice right now. (laughs) Like, I need that track. Um, And then I just end up listening to the rest of it because I'm like, now I'm in the mood. (laughs) I need Nat Puff in my life. (laughs) So anyway, Kageyaki. Yeah, none of that was about music. (laughs) Um, Kageyaki is labeled on (laughs) rateyourmusic.com. Yeah, toxic website as a chamber folk and neoclassical new wave or new age, not new wave. I hate. I hate that. It's so good, though. Neoclassical New Wave, and what was the other? It's a neoclassical monstrosity. Neo, wait, oh my god! <laughs> no, I, I misspoke. It's neoclassical New Age, oh, not okay. Wave. If it was Chamber Folk and New Wave, that would be that insane. would be bonkers. Um, but yeah, boingo, boingo. <laughs> That's Danny Elfman's career. Yeah, true. But yeah, this one's really good. If it says anything, it's got a 3.86. It says of, nothing. To yeah. Me. It doesn't say <laughs> it anything. It means it's good. Um, it means it's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I recommend it. Uh, it's just it's just very pure, is beautiful, it, good music. Is it bolded? I think it's only bolded if it has a four or above. So no, it's, no. It, it's bolded as top 2,000 albums on the website. Oh, fuck. Let me look. I already closed out of the tab. Generally, things that are above like a 3.65 have them. I'll have to see. I can't. Kill me. I can't keep talking about rate your music on our podcast. Literally edit this out. I can't do this. No Uh, one can know that I know how rate your music works. No, I don't think it is bolded. uh, Unless it doesn't show on. Is it a compilation? No, it's an album. Huh. Funky. Um, Yeah. So that's a good album. And I listened to it recently. And uh, it was a religious experience. It was beautiful. Cool. So that was one that was new to me. Do you have anything new to you? Uh, I have a couple things. Not as much this week. I did not do a ton. Uh, I really liked, we're not going to talk about it, but I really liked the new album um, by the artist Scott Hardware. Um, it is, it's just a really, really nice chamber pop album. Uh, it is called Ballad of a Try Hard, which is also mm. a really good title for an album. Um, just a quick shout out also to um Absolutely by Dijon, um, which I heard for the first time this week. Holy fuck. Um, I love that It's album. really good. It's really good. What were your favorite tracks? Um, well, many times I knew already because that was a single. Mm-hmm. I really loved The Dress. Mm-hmm. I was listening that to that when I walked in today. so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I really loved God and Wilson. Did you like Talk Down? No. <gasps> That's my favorite track I'm on the sorry. album. Oh my I'm God. Sorry. A lot of the more ambient leaning ones just That one's not, not ambient at all. I don't remember it then. It's a, it's like basically just a like synth and a drum beat and the whole thing is constituted by like him layering vocals and harmonies and by the end it's just like this like super emotive washing Oh, it's like a over. wall of sound one, it's right? It's so good. Yeah. Oh my God. Every time I listen to it, it like it makes my face crinkle. Like I stank face every time <laughs> I hear it. It starts in your toes, makes you crinkle your nose. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I hate that you just referenced that song. I also <laughs> hate that song so much. <laughs> me too. That's a that's a work song for me. Like I hear that at the art studio that I work at. Oh, like, oh my we'll, god. We'll play like <laughs> I thought you fucking meant like you put like that song. You put that song on to do work. I'd be like no. that song would make me explode if no, I tried to do work. Work too. songs. Work core for me is the birdie cover of uh, Skinny of Love. Skinny Love. Yeah. <laughs> um, that song. Uh, <sighs> Gravity by John Mayer and um oh god what's it called one of the stevie wonder songs one of them just one of them it just he's got a lot yeah one of the one of the happy ones um but uh that's all of them but uh yeah that's that's a work song for me work, work core music doesn't exist for me because at my last job i'm not i'm not employed at the moment employers hit me up <laughs> i need money um at my last job i worked at an art store like it was like an art material store mm-hmm. And the soundtrack was so fucking bad. So first, when I first started working there, they had just switched bosses. Like Mm -hmm. the boss got kicked out and they brought in a new one. And he got rid of her old playlist that was literally, I love the Beatles. It was like 98% the Beatles. And I think I would go insane. I I am saying this as somebody who has a deep personal connection to you and loves the Beatles. I think I would have like gone postal. I I cannot, not, not acceptable. He changed it to something that was better than that, but so bad. And I think if I hear Buddy Holly's It's So Easy one more time, I will flip my lid. I thought you were going to say Buddy Holly by Weezer. And I no, was like, that song is amazing, um, obviously. Um, just, I wish everybody could see the face I just made at <laughs> that statement. Um, and then um, I got control of the playlist. They let me They let me do it. That's so exciting. I just stuffed it full of all music. So work core music does not exist for me because I'm just that based I now have a Design 105 core in my brain, which is my uh, my professor for design who has the worst idea of what DJing for a classroom of diverse <laughs> people should be like. Okay. So he starts out the class every single day by playing the first song and the beginning intro off of Three Feet High and Rising by De La Soul. It's just he plays the full album. Banger, though. I mean, it's a banger for the first week, and then you start hearing it every day. That's true. And you're like, fuck. That's um, true. And then from there, he turns on, like, 2013 to 2016 Top 40. Ooh. And then today, he turned on, an like, a playlist of background and instrumental parts of popular songs. So we were sitting there, and he starts playing Pinball Wizard by The Who, and but I was like, hell just yeah. just the instrumental. And it, I, just the vocals never came. <laughs> So I was like sitting there and I was, I was waiting for like ever since I was a young boy I played the silver ball and then suddenly we're in the chorus and there's no <laughs> there's no lyrics that's, that's like that that's like those videos where it, it plays like a song from a video game but the main melody never starts yeah it's like the fucking Delfino Plaza and it just never yeah oh god yeah it was terrible um, but yeah, my my two uh, my my two guys for this this week would probably be Dijon and uh, Scott Hardware. That Dijon album, I also recommend. Uh, yeah, very good. It's a hard one to describe because, like, it. Yeah, it's very difficult. At a at a baseline level, I would call it like progressive R and B, but also half the album is like ambient music, and yeah. also a lot of it is like just straight up like seventies eighties pop music. Yeah, it's there's also some moments like um like Rodeo Clown and mm-hmm. like End of Record where it's almost just spoken word yep. or like vocal 
just just pure emotion very very kitchen sink record. yeah yeah and um, all the presentation for it is like that too like the the a lot of the performances for it they did like I remember one video of a performance. They're like performing in like a dining room mm-hmm. where they're like all playing their instruments around the table. Mm-hmm. But then it like the, at the very end of the video, the camera turns and it's a soundstage and it's not a real dining room. Yeah. They just like made it look exactly like a lived in dining room. Yeah. So very cool album. Um, I would say if you, I, I think that that album is, is Frank Ocean influenced, I would say. Yeah, I would say that too. So if you're a fan of Frank Ocean, you like the diversity in his music, I would say that that might be one to look at. But I'll say I didn't really like the Frank Ocean parts of that album because I don't like Frank Ocean. I liked most of the album because I like Frank Ocean. <laughs> I respect you. And I also like experimental music, so that was big for me. All right. Do we want to Do we want to get into it? Let's get into it. Um, I think that oh. we are going to start with God Don't Make Mistakes by Conway the Machine. Oh, man. Machine. This is that a, an album that I have seen described as stinky in a good way like you listen to it oh and you're god. just like oh my god <laughs> i i can think i can <laughs> that's really funny um i don't know if i would describe it like that there's for all the stinky moments there are just as many that are like like uh what's the song uh wild chapters i love that song. i loved that song that's yeah. not a stinky beat at all it's not but no. i think that the performances still make you stank like if you're listening to the to the all of the vocal like deliveries yeah. and the flows there's always something on this album that you're going to be like that's awesome yeah conway does not hold back on this record at no. all not that not that he's known for holding back in yeah. general but he uh he he does not he is not playing around on this one. This He's is not. his this is his uh Shady Records debut. Mm-hmm. I believe it's the only thing he has to do for them, which is nice. Yeah. That is good for him. Get that get that M&M money and get the <laughs> fuck out of Shady Records. Um I how are where do you, where do you stand on Griselda in general? Griselda? Yes. Um I is that one of the features? Oh, yeah. Ah. This let it be known. I know almost nothing about hip hop. Okay, well, we will we by the by the end of this podcast, whenever that is, at a nebulous point in the future, yeah, you will be a hip hop head because I'm going to keep putting weird and fucked up rap albums in front of you for Do the it. rest of I, your life. I love. I'm the the only rap that I really like get into is like industrial, okay, and conscious rap. Those are the two that I love. So like my favorite rap album overall, I also just like uh like R and B type. You're gonna say JPEG Mafia? No. I'm no. going to say uh Little Dominique's Nosebleed by the Oh, Korea that Town shit Oddity. is so good, actually. So I love good. that album. That album's awesome. That album's so good. That album was a huge gateway for me. I okay. was like I listened to it and I was like, This is bonkers. Also I, weed in LA. I was gonna just say I I heard they legalized weed, weed in, in LA. LA. Oh word. Oh word. <laughs> um <laughs> That song's so um, my, Anyway, let's talk about Conway the Machine. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite song off of this by far. Can you guess what I'm going to say? No, Tear Gas. Oh. That song is awesome. Okay. And can I just say, he bring, Conway has brought out the best in the features. That, that is a bullet point I have yeah, too. Wayne sounds the best that he has in so long. Okay, well, that's not true because Wayne has been having a hell of a he year. He has been, actually. He has been having a great year. I just think that this one is like bonkers. Wayne could have so easily embarrassed himself on a beat like this. Like he could have said the dumbest shit in the world. So Wayne was, so, okay. Griselda is, um, so 
it's a bit of a nebulous concept, but loosely it is the the trio of um, the trio that appears on the song uh, John Woo Flick. It is oh okay. Be, uh, it is, oh, so that's why that's like the top viewed song on yeah, Genius. Okay. It's Conway. It is Benny the Butcher, and it is West Side Gun. Okay. Um, they are a trio of rappers. I think they're all related to each other. Like, I think they're all yeah, cousins. Yeah, I think I read that Conway is West Side Gun's cousin. Yeah, I, th- I think all three of them are related somehow. Um, it's also the name of their record label that they have together. Um, they have released like projects under the name Griselda as a like a as a trio. Mm-hmm. Um, Gr- Griselda, and now now they're like adopting other rappers from the Buffalo area into okay. their well, not just in the Buffalo area because I think Boldy James is on that now. I love Boldy James for the record. <laughs> um, yeah, because I, th- I think Boldy's with them now. But like they they get they they have a very particular brand of dusty sample yeah very old school rap that has gotten really really big for them the last like four or five years mm-hmm. they've been they've been huge so that's that's griselda and yeah. they have i am a big griselda enjoyer i don't okay. super care for west side gun all the time but i love benny the butcher and i love conway mm-hmm. um so uh that the 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 wayne feature oh yeah wait. the one line that he says or he says, and I quote, his bitch got to come and verify the revolution will be televised. I'm about to binge watch. Fuck her on Zoom and let her <laughs> friends watch. He's insane. Actually, so I I was listening to this with my friend and we both looked at each other like. <gasps> <laughs> That's Wayne, though. So Wayne was on a remix of and you're going to kill me for this. A logic song. Um, I don't I don't like logic, but yeah. he has one song called Perfect from his last album that I really, really like. And he did a remix of it where he put ASAP for it's like a, a one minute song, mm-hmm. but he did a remix of it where he extended it and put on Wayne and ASAP Ferg. Mm-hmm. And Wayne starts his verse by saying, I quarantine with a foreign teen. He is he is out of pocket all the time. Yeah. I'm I, it's so funny that you don't know this about Wayne. You should look up like there are articles and articles about the best poop lines Lil Wayne has ever said he is out of pocket that's like what he does he will say things that are just insane and expect you to roll with it yeah um oh my god but that's what I mean like this is this album is grimy yeah it is and Wayne could have embarrassed himself completely on this and he stuck the landing like Mm -hmm. when he does shit like that it reminds you why he was like the king of rap yeah the guy it, in the early 2000s yeah. when it was. The cover of the album works so well for Oh, it's that. so cool. It's so good. Griselda's really good at that. Yeah. They they take, all of their covers are kind of like DIY low budget in a way I really, it's super unifying. Yeah. Um, I was, I was kind of saying this about Beach House last week, but this album is kind of like that. Because Griselda has a very established sound, like they mm-hmm. they have, um, they they have a lane and they stay in it, mm-hmm. and then they put out projects like this. That's just like, hey, by the way, we are the best at this particular yeah. sound, and we can do this similar sound for eleven tracks, and it will be so good. Like yeah. it'll be what you're expecting, but delivered better than you've heard it before yeah. like every single time this this album's so so good did um, you have any least favorites um no this was a no Not skipper this was a no skipper for me um i wouldn't say the highs of it are as high as 
I like the Big Thief album that I love, mm-hmm. but I would say this is my second favorite album from this year so far. Okay. Um, I, the my least favorite track I said was Piano Love. Okay. Um, because it's just kind of a Conway song. Like it's oh, it's a fine song. I don't mind it at all, but it's just kind of a Conway song. It makes sense as the lead single too. Yeah, I think my least favorite was Drum Work, because there wasn't any fun drum work on it. What? And I was disappointed. It's the name of his other record label. Is it? Drumwork Music, yeah. Well, I wanted drums. Okay, so Drumworks. <laughs> I love, love the genius on this song, on okay. Drumworks. She's, I, I actually wrote down one of her, like, I thought she had the best, like, flow stanza of anybody on the whole album. Mm-hmm. Um, this a long way from beef ramen. From what I speak, Simon says it makes sense to keep rhyming. So when you see I know this a long way from Antwerp, and I've been fighting with life so long my fucking hands hurt, and I decided to write my wrongs and wrote a jam first, because if it jam first, they'll never kill me like a cancer. I that That's flow a good is one. so good. Yeah. She's so good on this one. Um She and Jay Skees, the two features on that, are like Conway's kind of proteges, and they were both on the same track on his last album too. Mm-hmm. And they super impressed me there too. Yeah. And I, I, they, they just repeated it. I, I need to see if Love has like a project out because I need to check her yeah. out. She's so, she's so fun. Jay was fine. He was good, but she, she blew my lid. Um, <laughs> I wrote that that beat is tense, dangerous, and sounds like a spy movie. Hmm. Um, what did you feel about the opener? Lock load. I liked it a lot. I liked that a lot. Yeah, I was. I I opened it with that. Like obviously, because it's the first song. But I looked at it and I was like, "This is gonna challenge me, but in a good way." Yeah. Because like it, I'm definitely this is this counts. What would you categorize this as, as far as like the genre of rap that it is? I put it as hardcore hip hop in okay. my in my library because it's very. It leans on a lot of very old school gangster rap tropes, but it is yeah. flipping and spinning them into something new. Like this album is also very like Kanye West influenced. Like mm-hmm. that's just where. That's just where Griselda is. Like, they're very old school, but very influenced by, like, the way Kanye flips samples and the way, like, that era of hip-hop flips samples. Yeah. So this one, I, I kind of figured just with that song that... Oh, it, that that's the the, uh, the label that I was thinking is East Coast hip-hop. Because that's not really generally a style that I have fucked with in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so when that came on i was like "Mm, i don't know if this is going to be for me but it sold me just by how technically competent it is Mm -hmm. and how um everything sounds very what's the word it's so menacing it's very aggressive i was gonna say it sounds hungry yeah like you it just it wants you to listen and it's gonna make you sit there and really absorb it this song is so dark yeah it's so mesmerizing um his line on this album where he's like they talk about my face but can't say shit about my bars though i thought that was so so good um what do you know about what do you know about him the bell palsy thing yeah so he yeah i just read about it on the lyrics but i don't know anything like about it about it yeah so he got shot um i don't i was gonna give a time frame i don't know when the time frame is but he got shot and uh yeah he is he's got bell's palsy now so a lot of this album is delving into like the repercussions of that this album is so personal like Mm -hmm. after a point it gets so so deep the last track in particular and stressed yeah stressed Stressed too was crazy um so uh beanie seigel seagull i don't know i feel (laughs) bad that i don't know but i don't know see i'm gonna go with seagull that seems right beanie seagull is a feature on this and um 
I, I'm not too, too familiar with his discog, but he is a big Philadelphia rapper from like the mid 2000s. He was in with Jay-Z mm-hmm. and a lot of like um, that but freeway, like a lot of that, that whole scene. Philadelphia Freeway was his big album. Um, and he, um, yeah, he like, he was also shot more recently. So that's why his voice sounds like that. He had oh, okay. serious lung damage. Yeah. So... I thought putting this track first, getting the 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 Bell's palsy like concept established, and then introducing Beanie Siegel, who's also like a mm-hmm. victim of gun violence and is talking about that with his like his shredded voice is yeah. like the anchor of this song that makes it like okay, this is these are two people who have lived through this lived through this for real. Now that you like you can say whatever you want about Conway, but once Beanie is on the mic, he has like the credit from the from when he was popular as well as like you can physically hear it in his voice what he's been through um in a way that i think fits the themes of the song and the album so 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 well um i also loved um uh wild chapters i mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. um i felt that was like the kind of the second stage of him opening up yeah uh and then my favorite song on the album was stressed okay what was the one that was um i can't i can't recall the title as of right now i think it's chanel pearls or yeah, the one after it chanel pearls with keisha plum or baba's with uh um oh lord what's her name which one is literally just talking about sex the whole time well neither neither <laughs> i mean not like the whole time but i remember there was like baba's is the one where the, the 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 girl is talking about sex with another girl yes yeah yeah I asked for her by request. Yes. Yes. That song was so good. Yeah. So I was, I remember listening. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> that song is awesome. Uh, that, that beat is yeah. fucking nuts. When you said stinky, that was the first beat I thought of the beat on Baba's. That is some Armand Hammer ass shit. Yeah. Like that is like, that is like what is in the underground right now. That's like, another the, album I have to listen to is Haram. Awesome album. Haram mm. is really good. And also their record last year with uh, the alchemist oh that's the one that, i was yeah. sorry i was thinking of um their album with the tiger on the cover that i can't remember the name of that i also love so 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 much i love billy woods mm. i would explode <laughs> um but yeah no baba's is like that 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 song is like conway has a lane right this is not overall an experimental album this yeah. isn't doing anything like like in innovative yeah it's just really good at what it does but this song is like he's proving that he's like not asleep in this lane yeah like he is he is more than willing to do something weird yeah if the situation calls for it did you hear him you like clipping right um i want to like clipping i've never listened to Clipping. conway is on conway and benny are on uh la mala ordina from from clipping's first horror album um there existed an addiction to blood. Um, and I, I kind of view this song as similar to La Mala Ordina in that yeah. way. Like, yes, we have a sound. Yes, we're established. But we can do other things if we want to. Mm-hmm. We just don't. But here's what it sounds like when yeah. we do. Um, uh, I also loved the the closing title track is amazing. Yeah. That song is so good. Um the the sense of like what if on that on that on that song is so cool mm-hmm. just like the his his storytelling is amazing yeah. like just branching out into all these different ways the day that he got shot could have gone differently yeah. and then it ends with his mother his that's his actual mother yeah. who like recorded that for this album like 
there's like a heart monitor going and mm-hmm. she's like wailing to God to bring him yeah. back and like not let him die. It is grim. Yeah. And then he flatlines at the end of it. Yeah. It is grim. It yeah. is so cool. In that way, it also reminded me of little Dominique's nosebleed because of the, the one track where he's discussing the accident that gave oh, yeah. him his first nosebleed. And there's the, the part at the end where his mom is like, uh, or someone who's playing his mom yeah. is yelling like, look what you did to my son. Like, mm-hmm. how could you do this to him? And then she's like, uh, she's like, I'm sorry that you have to go through this, Dominique. Like, just hold your nose like this. And then he cuts in and starts rapping over what she's saying. And then mm-hmm. it cuts back into her. So that kind of interplay with somebody uh, being in the situation with them, I thought was uh, interesting. It definitely recalled that to I, me. I just think the fact that he got his actual mom to yeah, record that lot. is unbelievable. Yeah. That's like, to ask your mom to do that for your album is yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that is nuts. But I mean, it's something that would be very close to her and she would yeah. want to sort of get that across. I think the importance of not shooting people yeah. because <laughs> well, obviously it has effects on more people than just the person that you're trying to, to damage. Yeah. What was the song... Oh, this is actually also on Drumworks. I meant to say this when we were talking about Drumworks before. He has a line about flipping the advance he got from making the album that you're currently listening to into buying fentanyl. I did see that. so fucking funny. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's so funny. Like he was he said like Eminem gave me this money and I flipped it into like you know what I did with that. It's so funny. Do you think that Eminem like his agents and stuff were listening through that to like clear it for the label it's and they were such like, a good line. I what? hope they didn't give a shit. It's so funny. <laughs> I feel like the only way that he would sign to that label anyway is if he was like you're not going to you're going to let me do whatever I want. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Conway that yeah, no, that's that's a big thing about the Griselda crew in particular, like they they will get their way. Yeah. They they've like partnered with a lot of organizations. I don't think Shady is the first like yeah. affiliate they've been with. And they will get their way every single time. Yeah. Um they they have that much creative control over what they're doing. Um I also do want to just shout out um Benny on John Wooflick. He is so good. <laughs> um I love Benny. He Ben Benny might be my favorite of the trio of them, and mm-hmm. he is he is in rare form on John Woo flick. That's <laughs> all, he's so good. The the line about um, reporters ask real questions, like in your videos, are those real weapons? And yeah. he's like, no comment. It's so good. Yeah, he's got so much like smug personality. It's great. Yeah. I even wrote in my notes like this is one that I'm going to have to go back to. Yeah, he's because I think that this could be another gateway kind of album for me yeah if this if this record if if you're into this record there is a world of shit that sounds like this not yeah. just not just in the griselda camp but like this is a this is a very rich there's tradition a lot of, of history yeah. yeah i could definitely go back and do a lot of um, things if you like this you should check out benny's 2020 album burden of proof mm. that album's really good um and i think this one it, it is good in a different way from this one that one's very very slick where this one is yeah grimier um also, Benny has a project coming out next week, so they are just hitting us. I guess we're going to be listening to that. Yeah, yeah, maybe, if it's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming, hopefully, that it will be. They, well, okay, so Griselda tend to release a lot. of. They're very, very prolific. prolific There's yeah. always something coming out from them, and obviously not everything is as good as everything else. Like, yeah. There's always in-between stuff, um, but like when something is is going to be good, they know it, and they want you to listen to it. Yeah. Um, like this one got a ton of hype. This yeah. album got so much hype, and it deserves it. It deserves it a hundred percent. This album's super, super good. Um, I think if I had to sum this album up in one word, it would be humanizing. Mm-hmm. Um, because 
in in hip hop, but also specifically with Griselda, they mythologize themselves constantly. Like yeah. that's that's a part of their brand is just like building themselves up and building themselves up and building themselves up to be like mythic figures and yeah. characters. And I think it's really interesting that Conway used the increased platform and budget he got from partnering with Shady Records. Mm-hmm. Instead of like building and building, he chose to use that budget to open up and portray himself in a more human light. Um, Stressed is like, I I think there's a solid case for that being Conway's best song ever. Those verses are like devastating, unbelievable. Um, The hook is incredible. I was set to accept that song as a banger from the moment the beat started. Like I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And Mm -hmm. then it suddenly, it like became like his best song ever. I, I love the way he uses the word stressed on the song because mm-hmm. the hook is like does anybody care that i'm stressed but what he's talking about in the verses goes so much deeper than yeah. stressed like yeah. this is like you can tell that he's trying to downplay it oh to himself. my god it's yeah. like anguishing shit alcoholism he lost a child yeah he got shot obviously yeah. but like he's lost cousins and friends to suicide and everyone else is locked up that he knows yeah it is this is brutal shit he's talking about and he keeps reducing it back down to does anybody care that i'm stressed yeah and that's such a like it's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking and it's it's so intentional too like it's such a a good like i I have to cover this up like it's so it's so well phrased and orchestrated and i love the way his flow kind of comes untethered in the last the last verse in the part where he's talking he's like repeating the word stressed over and over again in his verse um he's like talking about losing sleep um, and like the, his, he locks out of step with his flow. Like he's off the beat for a mm-hmm. second while he's talking about that. I thought it was brilliant. I yeah. love that song so much. Yeah. That's what I was saying about how, even if listening to this album, I was conscious of the fact that it's not my thing, mm-hmm. like patently, mm-hmm. um, there was still moments like those where I was like, I cannot help but acknowledge the proficiency here. Yeah. Like there's no way that you can hear this and not know that what's being done here is something special. I yeah. think, um, yeah, I respect it a ton. Conway has just been leveling up. Like his yeah. last project was great. Before that, From King to a God was amazing. Like he he like you think that he's beaten himself and then he just keeps doing yeah. it every single release. I I, I hope this is like I, I hope this is the Conway era of Griselda because I mm-hmm. think it's been a, kind of the Benny era, but I I hope Conway can step it up and yeah. be like in charge. All right. I think that next up maybe we can discuss something that is uh less enthusiastic about um, which would be the Sevdaliza EP oh Raving Dahlia Raving Dahlia so this one is interesting because um, (laughs) much much like Conway we have context of the fact that we both really enjoy Sevdaliza oh I love yeah Shebrang and Esau yeah amazing I've only listened to Shebrang but um, that is like such a beautiful example of like dark pop and like trip hop it's the, so good it is such a unique record yeah too. it's like, so hard to the, categorize the influence from persian music and coupled with like straight trip hop like yeah 100 like unfiltered trip hop and like spacey i would even say frank oceany r&b yeah, yeah. it's such a unique combination of influences coupled with her like her one delivery of a is haunting voice. oh my yeah. god she's so cool um Shebrang's amazing. If you haven't heard that album, like it's one of the best albums of 2020. Easy. Yeah. You should check that out for so sure. So then going from that to this, 
a little, uh, a lot less going on, I think. This um, thing drags. It does, which is really difficult to do for an EP. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like 20 minutes of music and it feels like it will never be over. There's no yeah. progression on most of these songs. And she's in the same vocal register oh, yeah, for the, the whole entire thing. time. Yeah. It's like you could listen to this and look away and believe that you're just listening to one very long song. Um, when, but when it's not dragging, it's just like generic electropop. See, here's the thing. I'm about to introduce you to a term that I, I have coined for myself, okay, um, which is called forever 21 core. <laughs> um, so this is a way that I categorize some music. What where... is, okay, wait, what is the best forever 21 core album of all time? The, the best, the one you would go back to the most. Um, I don't listen to any of it. That's the point is that it's just like you walk into the store forever 21 and you hear that droning bass and it's just it's just dunk 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 and it's someone just being like and you're just like okay i'm in forever 21 i described it as dance music club music on ketamine i was gonna say um uh washed out by the neighborhood i don't listen to any of the neighborhoods uh they're uh, you could very well really bad for the most part yeah present a case for that i like that one um but yeah it's it's just like completely sedated club music that's the way that it feels to me it is it is for sure sedated that's a word like someone has tranquilized this yeah like also the cover is abysmal (laughs) i know i okay well this is actually a thing because she's pregnant right now and she's photoshopped out her pregnancy and made herself like like a like a figure eight model yeah. so i kind of like the cover it's scary though yeah <laughs> it is frightening um the instrumental subtlety of shebang is just it's just gone nowhere to be seen. it is nowhere i don't know if there's like a lyrical or like some kind of conceptual conceit about like artifice that i'm yeah. missing out on because like i mean with the cover i could see that like you could do an album that's like there's so many other better bad, albums that have yeah, done this though. like it's just not the lyrics are just kind of like her standard, like mysterious, whispery flavor, but the sound is just, it's just not. It's, it's so not much, it. there's so much less impact. And also the fact that they, they remixed Oh My God. I like, that was my one song that I liked. See, the thing is, I don't even like that song on the original album. Oh, huh. That's my least favorite off the album. That's So weird. I was like, cool, I'm glad, <laughs> glad this is the one you chose to remix. Thank you for not defiling any of the ones that I like. <laughs> Um, so I was listening to it and I was like, hmm, still, still not, not great. I, I liked the remix because it goes into hard style at the end. Mm-hmm. And I have a friend, my, my friend Kite, who is, and a Japanese hard style music, like enthusiast. Okay. They are on like the depths of Japanese hard style band camp. Oh, okay. Like all the time. They send me these inscrutable pages that are just like <laughs> filled with like anime girl cover art yeah. for like in unbelievably bassy loud like ow, 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 <laughs> electro music and it's great this yeah. i'm 100 saying this is a good thing it is awesome but like i have now developed a taste for that kind of material yeah and like i if you just turn oh my god into that yeah. i'm gonna like it i mean there are some i have i have some friends like that who will send me stuff that's like anime like like manga panels yeah and i just click on it it's like noise and i'm like yeah cool nice <laughs> love that um the Great Hope design I also kind of liked, um, mm. but it, it just sounds like a Shebang B-side. Like, it's just mm-hmm. like, it's pretty normal by her standards. It's an okay song, though. This was one of the projects that I once again wrote, fave tracks don't care, at least fave don't care. Um, My least favorite track, I, I thought High Alone was the worst Sevdaliza song I've ever heard. <laughs> and then Everything is Everything <laughs> oh, that killed me even blows. more. It's not good. Oh, my God. It's not good. Um, 
man, this just makes me sad. Yeah, I hope she can pick sad. it up. I really hope she can pick it up. I saw some people saying, like, I don't know why people are so mad about this. Like, it's basic, but it's not bad. And I was like, that's I, why it's it bad. bad. It's because it, it's basic and she is not. Like, you can't just listen to it without acknowledging the context that got dropped in. Because, like, I mean, any EP, it's going to have the shadow of the album that came before it. Because, like, that's just the way that EP production works. Mm. You're always riffing off of what you did before. Um, whether it's to defy that or to work with it more and mm. develop it into something different or if it's transitional into a different sound, You're it's, always in it's gonna space. be in a, the same space. So you can't just divorce this from Shebrang and be like, it's a separate project, this doesn't matter, this basic. Like You literally have a remix of a song from the previous yeah. album. There's no way to divorce the two. I think even if you do, it's just not standout. Yeah, like, exactly. It's just, it, even if you do like completely disconnect this from Shebrang and just say like okay new era new me yeah this era sucks yeah. like, i mean not... like there's something we said about um it being basic but mediocre but having it be basic and mediocre in the context of her yeah. makes it basic and bad yeah so that's just it's it it feels like a slap in the face to, i don't like, know fans it's just, of her. It, it is just not up to the standards of her past work and it is it it makes me sad yeah it does make me quite sad i have a, a friend online who's a sevdalisa stan and i was like how'd you feel about this and he just said r.i.p and i was like oh, <laughs> oh no <laughs> um I will it, I will give this record that Raving Dahlia is a bitchin' title. It is. It is it's a, a great cool thing tall, to call it, an album. It's a great tall 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 tall. Um ta- great Talia. Great turtle. <laughs> great turtle. <laughs> it is a great title. Um yeah, I just wish that there was more happening. I just wish it was like better. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Real quick, I missed the strings. You miss the strings. I miss the strings on Raving Dahlia. Yeah. The strings on Shebrang were one of the best things about that album. The yeah. string arrangements are amazing. And there's no strings on this. Lifeless. Lifeless. Speaking of strings, though. Luna Lee. Luna Lee. Yeah. So this one, um, I thought that it was probably one of the most consistently good like pop albums that I'd heard in a long time. Hmm. Um, I liked this a lot. Um, I thought that there wasn't really like a bad song on it. Um, I did, I will say, this is one thing, I don't know if this is a a ding against it necessarily, Mm -hmm. but it is a comment on it, that the influence of other artists across it Mm -hmm. was like so present to me. Okay, like Like um, I heard on a couple of the songs on the second half, like crazy Amy Winehouse influence, like in her vocal delivery. Okay. Um, I also got um, a lot of uh, Wise Blood uh, off of the song Lonely Lovely, I, the yeah. closer. I heard Wild, oh, I didn't, I didn't I heard like wild Time a lot off of that one. I think, okay, so I, I actually wrote... Um, and also uh, Napalm from Hiatus Coyote. I heard a little bit of mm-hmm. her delivery. I, I put that the closer was one of my least favorite tracks. Yeah, I didn't like it that it much. It is huge. It is like bombastic. Yeah. It is so unlike everything that came before it. And like yeah. I get wanting to close your album out with a big finisher, but like not this album. It made it over it made it like underwhelming in a weird way. Very like, paradoxically, yeah. And I don't know. I, I guess I hear Wise Blood on there a little bit, but that album is so subtle and understated. It was particularly like the melody of it. I was like, this feels like wild time to me. Yeah. Mm. Um and then I went back and I listened to uh to Titanic all of Rising. Titanic Rising. It's like, after yeah, this. I'm just I'm in the mood now. And I was like, mm, better. 
Because <laughs> Titanic Rising is like Mood immaculate. Reset. It's so um, But I, I liked the songs Cherry Pits. Cherry Pits, awesome. Yeah, because that, that one, so it, good. I was so shocked by how multi-instrumental it was. Mm-hmm. Like so big, such a big palette. I was like, this is nice. You, Luna plays like every instrument yeah. on this album. Yes, She's I read about that. It was awesome. Um, and also, uh, I do not normally like Biba Doobie. But I what? like I don't like her very much. Oh my god. I think okay. I think you need to give Biba Doobie another shot because I think Biba Doobie is one of the most fundamentally underrated artists of the <laughs> okay. last like five years. She has like a reputation of being like a TikTok artist or like being like a a pop artist. And her last album is not. It is like a I will ride or die on the <laughs> that care by Biba Doobie is an a, amazing record. Um, it's I think that album's rock solid. Sorry, continue. I, I I even didn't like her before TikTok like really existed. I've just she's never tickled my fancy. Um, but the song "Silver and Terrain" I really really enjoy, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is something. There's something here. "Silver and Terrain" is that song is lovely for one, but yeah. it's like the the drums and the guitar being so gritty with like mm-hmm. the rhythm guitar is so watery and washed yeah. out and then the synths are like all the way up here uh, yeah it's so good and then biba doobie is like they have a, a ton of vocal chemistry i think their yeah voices i think work so too so well together and it's of all the i think it's just such good placement of her like mm-hmm. i was thinking about like if if biba doobie had to be on one song on this album I was like looking at the track list and I was like, they picked the correct one. Like yeah. this is the song that she will like fit the best on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also funny to see Beepa Doobie as the more established of these two, just cause yeah. she's still so new. Like, ha, that's funny. That is funny. Um, I liked uh, Afterglow. Afterglow is really good. Yeah. Um, I thought that this album, the front half was better for sure. Yeah. I, um, I think it dragged towards the end. Um, but even then that back third isn't bad by any means. It's just a little bit more mid to me. And that's when I started hearing more of the influence of other artists. That's when I started noticing it a lot more. Yeah. So I think that really what it comes down to is I want her to find her voice completely and make an an album that's all her own. Because like, especially, especially Cherry Pit. That song's been in my head. so good. The tune is awesome. Yeah. Um, I think... Lee seems to thrive best in like this lovelorn mid-tempo R&B mm-hmm. range. Like Peach Pit, uh, Peach Pit, that's a different band. <laughs> Cherry Pit, Afterglow, uh, Flower. I really liked the outro to Flower. Oh, yeah, I thought nice. that was awesome. Uh, Silver into Rain. Um, and the like minute and a half that we get of Alone But Not Lonely. I wrote that down too. I'm that's so mad about interlude, that. Like that's such I'm a good smad. song. Yeah. It's I don't even read it as an interlude. I'm going to be cynical here. I read it as TikTok bait, which sucks because she that like she is very prominent on TikTok. I know I was defending Biba Doobie against like being a TikTok artist, but Mm. Luna Lee is where she is right now because her home TikToks of her playing like a million instruments got really popular. Like that is that is what she wrote on to get popular. Not that that's a bad thing. Not that that's a bad thing. But like. It is. It is very clear that that song She's is playing to built it. for TikTok, yeah. which, which is sad. I, I like that. I liked that song. That song is so. Co- the sound of the guitar in that song. Yeah, is exactly. So That's cool. what I was saying. It's so like. It's so different from the yeah. rest of the album. Like it's very like sharp Hit and me like gainy. instantly. It's so good. Um, 
Yeah, no, I, I hate to say something is TikTok bait because I hate that trend and I think it is really dismissive to a lot of artists, but it really feels like TikTok yeah, bait. Yeah, don't let that, if you're thinking about listening to this album, don't let that deter you because it's still a great track. It's just really unfortunate that, that seems it's so like it's short. what it's geared towards. Yeah, uh, her guitar work on this album is awesome. Yeah, Just very in good. general, she's she's got a ton of charisma. Speaking just of like, shredding. As, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just did a whole radio show, Shred Week. Mm-hmm. Um, she has so much charisma as uh, just as a guitar player. Yeah. The solos on uh, Star Stuff and Magic and then the noodling on Alone But Not Lonely mm-hmm. are all so, so much fun just to listen oh, yeah. to. Like, she's clearly, like, in her element, hardcore mm-hmm. on those. Also, the harp on uh, Afterglow is, like, you. why can you play this many instruments? Yeah. What is wrong with I you? I just had, like, a very weird thought. I just had the 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 sentence TikTok Jacob Collier pop into my head. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. But honest to God, I think... Way t- more fun. I think the TikTok Jacob Collier is Jacob Collier. <laughs> Dude, I, can I say, I don't really like Jacob Collier no, very much neither. because his music is so overproduced, it loses any personality. It's, it's very, like wow you can play so many instruments to cool, me cool like, yeah, yeah. The, the only song of his that i that i really enjoy is the song hideaway which is from his album in my room which is like supposed to be less produced mm-hmm. and it's because it's like just a sweet love song yeah and it doesn't like devolve into any weird dubstep like his other songs do <laughs> like <laughs> anyway weird jacob collier uh detour haters uh, haters yeah i think overall this record um there's a lot of personality here totally. like she's she's coming through with a like a really bright sound um and i i think there's so much potential but i, I don't think she's quite hitting it yet i, I think yeah th- this album was not i don't think i'm as into this album as you are yeah. a lot of it sort of kind of started to run together for yeah. me um what you're thinking in star stuff were like just kind of bad and annoying for me i didn't yeah. like the hooks at all they were really repetitive um and then i liked i was okay on boring again mm-hmm. i thought that song was cool but i thought the jason feature i loved i'm a huge jason fan i love her i think her feature was kind of pointless because they have pretty similar vocal textures yeah. and like when they were harmonizing it's like this could have just been luna twice, twice like yeah it's, yeah um that one i didn't think was as notable um i i thought it was a fine song yeah. but i was just like why this is such a good feature for this album why yeah. why here um but yeah, no, I definitely understand why um, 88 Rising put some muscle behind marketing her mm-hmm. in the past. But I'm also glad she got off of that, like yeah. off of that wave. Because I think as cool as 88 Rising is as an organization, I think they kind of tend to push their artists to do like A their their one thing. Yeah. And this is not that. Yeah. And I, I, I hope she can continue to like pave that forward in the future i think yeah. a couple more albums i could see her going the path of like a lucy dacus or something i hope she continues to play with more of that multi-instrumental style that is on i think it definitely is weirdly front-loaded on the front half yeah. of the album yeah um i hope that she continues to play with that and kind of find her own vocal style and mm-hmm. really nail that down yeah agree. because i think that when she feels at home on the album it's really strong mm-hmm. and there's a ton of potential yeah i think that that's the big the big thing for this album for me is potential and I see it like I can I can like see the trajectory of her career yeah. in my head and I'm really excited for it. So I just really hope that she sticks with that. Yeah. The the standout tracks on this album are amazing. Yeah. Like, when she is really in her lane, it is. It's magic. Great. It's so good. Um, also, before we go on to the next thing, yeah. I just want to mention that this version of Cherry Pit is slightly different to the version that was on her EP because they added that guitar intro. <gasps> the song did not originally have that guitar intro. Mm. And I think it fits the song so well yeah. and opens the album really well too. Benefits I think that's greatly. an awesome tweak. Mm-hmm. 
So I think that um, we could very easily transition into another album that I think is uh, defined by its potential. Okay. Which is Caroline. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's do this one. Yeah. So I would like to hear your thoughts on it first because I think that I have more to say. Okay. So I listened to this one pretty shortly after Luna Lee and I wrote a whole thing that I didn't get to say with Luna Lee about how I loved how unvarnished the strings were on Mm -hmm. that album. Like I... I think it's really cool when violins are not treated as like in production are not treated as like angelic necessarily. And Mm -hmm. they're allowed to be a little squeaky and grainy and naturalistic sounding. And so I started this record and I fucking loved Good Morning Red. Yeah. That song is awesome. That song is crazy. It's so cool. The progression of that song is nuts. The strings on that record. I literally wrote like, what was I just saying about unvarnished strings? It's so (laughs) cool sounding. The strings on that album are, on that song are dope. And then uh, the filtered, like, shouted backdrop vocals yeah. on that reminded me of Brave Little Abacus yeah. in such a cool, like, way. Like, not in, like, a rip, let's ripping it way. Just, yeah. like, this is a really cool use of that, yeah. that technique. Um, and then at the end, what the fuck? That song, like, mutates <laughs> into, like, he's just, like, tapping and occasionally vocalizing. And there's an acoustic guitar passage, but it's not it's always so there. Fucking cool. It, like, clips in and out. It's a Dude, bizarre effect. It's so weird. I can't so even weird. tell you how hype I was about that. That shit was awesome. Yeah. That was one thing that I, I like. This album is so textured. This yeah. is something that I got to say, like, people don't understand it's it's kind of a hard concept to grasp when you say that music has a texture sometimes because mm-hmm. it's just like how does a sound have a texture this album's texture is when you have sand in your teeth yeah yeah it's like because th- yeah 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 yes because then you like you rub your tongue over the, the tooth and sometimes it's smooth and then you hit a sand and then you crunch and it's like Ugh. Ugh. um so <laughs> yeah it's it's very like weird and kind of vaguely off-putting but it all I think works well together. And I think that Red, Good Morning Red, is, song is is amazing. probably the best song as like a composition on the album. And in no small part due to the transition and, and like the contrast between how like faded mm-hmm. that backing track is of him and the like little drum. Mm-hmm. And then how um, close and intimate and like, the weirdly, guitar, you mean. weirdly high the guitar is yeah. yeah like you can you can hear the cuts yeah it's like it's the, so cool it's like the gu- the guitar track yeah. is playing like yeah. the whole time they have pressed play and then at seemingly random just dropped it out yeah like it just vanishes and comes back in it's like it's like you're losing a radio signal yeah like it, it drops back in and drops back out it is so weird it's it's bizarre but it's so so cool uh and after that song the album completely lost me all right. Yeah. I could see that. Not for um, me. I, this is something I'm very biased towards mm-hmm. um, because I am just a big experimental enjoyer. Yeah. I like stuff that completely challenges my conception of what music could sound like. Yeah. And this does that to me. Um, it it kind of felt to me like folky swans in some ways mm-hmm. where it's like very much the wonky same slush. <laughs> wonky slunch wonky um, swans <laughs> it's very much like the same thing being like pounded into the ground and it, it develops super slowly mm-hmm. and you just kind of have to be along for the ride and like zone out and sink into it um i think that the worst example of that is 
actually the song that they promoted the most, I think, mm-hmm. which is um, Skydiving Onto the Library Roof. Yeah. I didn't like that song. No, me neither. Um, but I think that it really shines on songs like Dark Blue, the opener. I kind of like the opener. I'll, and, let you, I'll let you finish, but I, yeah. the, the, the strings on that really annoyed me really yeah like the background like string flailing was like oh my god i need this to be over right now <laughs> i like that shit that was good for me i was like ooh, keep going um but natural death too i thought natural death was a great closer um super emotional and actually one critique that i kind of had for the album was that the the vocal presence i don't think was as obviously it's a very um sparse it is album very sparse for weirdly for such a sparse album it is a very dense listen um like getting through it you're kind of parsing through exactly what's being said and done with that scarcity um and i think that natural death was the strongest vocal performance um just because it had the most emotion and the most presence but on some songs i was just left wanting a little bit more like it wasn't holding its own with the other minimal aspects because when you have an album that's that minimal Mm -hmm. you really need everything to shine yeah and you need everything to work Mm -hmm. because if not then if you lose the the listener for like the one minute that you're doing that exact same thing if there's only two elements if there's only two elements and one of them doesn't work that's half your track that's just not exactly functioning so i think that sometimes the vocals were that for me Mm -hmm. um which was kind of sad, <laughs> yeah. but uh, this is one album that I think has, this band has a ton of potential considering this is their debut. I, okay, now it's my turn to, yes. to pee pee poo poo on this. Yes. I, I am also a huge experimental music fan. I love listening to just, like you said, shit that completely challenges my expectations of what music can be. But I think I disliked this album for the same reason I don't like listening to jam band music. Okay. Um, it It's, I really, really value audible and like noticeable writing when I listen to something. Okay. This album is very, you said sparse. That's a great word. This album is very, very, very structurally loose. Like it is playing, like playing very loosely with the rules of like what constitutes a song or Mm -hmm. a melody or a, um, or like a, even like an anchoring point or central idea for a song. And like, it's really quiet. It's really improvised, mm-hmm. and it is clearly poured over in post production. Like mm-hmm. there is a lot of like love and attention paid to the way this record is produced. It's like meticulously yeah. arranged in terms of like dynamics and sound mm-hmm. play. But like it's not for me because when I listen to music, I want to hear, I want to hear a composition somebody has written, not. A, a technical display of what you are capable of doing if yeah, that I makes any that. sense yeah. like it's the same reason why like a lot of like purely virtuosic instrumental music does not appeal to me at all mm-hmm. like i don't want to hear fucking like joe satriani that's a such a stupid comparison to okay. make to this album because they're nothing alike but like the or santana Okay. Like the appeal of Santana is his crazy long improvised solos, like mm-hmm. all displays of technical musicianship. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't care. Yeah. Like I just don't care. Like I I found it really hard to like muster up 
like the energy to care about this album because so much of what makes it a labor of love is in the post processing. Okay. Like it is it is in the 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 way this album is put together after the performance. Yeah. Like and that's not a that isn't a I'm not saying this is an objectively bad album. If you're into really sparse music or like really abstract post rock, mm-hmm. you'll probably love this. Yeah. Like it is it is that is in this lane. Um but it's 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 just not for me. It's not what I listen to music for. Yeah. And I think that in a in a weird way, um what you're saying about how you like to hear a composition in something that's very uh arranged like prior to that's part of why I like this is because I don't mm-hmm. like stuff like that as much. Hmm. Um, it's part of the reason why I think that King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard doesn't click with me as much huh. because it is so technical. It's so like arranged. It's, and it's very jammy though. It I don't really like jams either. Yeah, See, that's, me neither. That's the thing is I don't, I like stuff like this because it is very human to me, yeah. super raw. Um, and there's a very like one take quality about it. Oh, for sure. Which I yeah. think is just take as, the first thing you I do think and is really we'll cool. fuck it up in post. Yeah. And um, I, I appreciate that kind of thing. And it, it reminded me of, um, I haven't listened to a whole lot of post rock, um, full disclosure, but it's a genre I'm very interested in. And there's one um, post rock album that I listened to that's like, it's like post, I think it's pretty solidly post rock um, called Hex by bark psychosis okay um and that album is it's cool because in a lot of the same way there's just big areas of kind of either the same thing or basically like silence where you're Mm -hmm. just sort of meditating on what was done and i I, i've come to really appreciate stuff like that yeah because i used to really appreciate instant gratification in music yeah i mean i grew up listening to nothing but edm Mm -hmm. like i liked punchy shit so when I got into more, for lack of a better word, pretentious music, mm-hmm. um, I kind of learned to appreciate more gaps and yeah. silences like that. So something like this that kind of forces me to wait on yeah. what's being done, it's I just think it's super, super stimulating. It's very interesting to me. So that was, I, I thought it was a, a good one. And if yeah. you're looking to challenge yourself and like, I will say this is a challenging list. Yeah, this one's not easy. Yeah. Because it, it even like, it will even trick you at the start because at the start of it, there is much like just more going on yeah. than at the end. And it really like, this album feels like it is like unspooling mm-hmm, as it goes definitely. on. Like it starts, it starts really like almost like a little intense. Like it, yeah. it starts pretty like textured and together and like as it goes further and further like guitar and drum and bass and vocal almost become just like pure sound yeah like it's it's so just at the end of of uh natural death the last like two minutes of that song are just a drum yeah going like dong dong and then like he's saying shit yeah and that's the album like that's the closer there's no big finish there's no grandiosity that's it and at the end of it like you're just left with the spool and that's yeah. it like it just it literally is like a a, a roll of thread that yeah. has been completely just you've taken everything off and of i it. definitely think that the fact that that they choose to end that effect on a song about dying yeah is definitely intentional oh for sure and also the fact that the cover is of like a derelict building on yeah. the beach cool cover very cool really cover. like the cover of this um album. i think that all of that is very intentional i think that this is sort of a a statement about decay 
and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's super interesting, especially because uh, I mean, there's a lot of there's songs like Desperately that are short, mm-hmm. like Desperately is like two minutes, I think. And the whole focus is him. It's it's actually singing, yeah. which I was like, whoa. Um, but he says, I believe he says, uh, desperately, I, I inconvenience your life or I well, like or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. When I was uh, I was when I was doing my research for this very <laughs> serious podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, this album is a, it's a covid album. It is like very much a covid album. Yeah. Like It was made on lockdown. Um, and I feel like desperately I inconvenience your life. That's a so that's so much like that's like anti-masker shit. That's yeah. what that is. That's like it has to be right. Like that's got to be. Well, he says the whole I can read the entire yeah, lyric please, right please. now. Um, it says this isn't the first time you're not feeling what you want to feel, accepting something, accepting someone real. Desperately, I complicate your life. Yeah. Desperately, God. I complicate your life. And I think that this is more about. This this to me feels like in tone, COVIDy, mm-hmm. but I think that the fact that he says someone real, mm-hmm. I think this is about a person. Yeah, um, and I just I love that sentiment of complicating someone's life and feeling bad about taking up that space emotionally, because it's so potent and not like I've never heard it framed like yeah. that, and it was so interesting and so effectual to me. I really really enjoyed that. So I I liked this album quite a bit. Don't think it's one that I'm going to be listening to casually. A oh ton. God, no! Um, Good Morning Red and Dark yeah, good, Blue and yeah. Desperately probably. But the further you get in, I really like the song Engine Eavesdropping too. Um, that uh, I haven't really mentioned, which I'm kind of surprised that you didn't like that one as much because it is very much that string focal point. Mm-hmm. Um, that song is like the entire thing is held together by the strings. Yeah, like the song. I, I think I actually wrote that. Yeah. Yeah. It decays around the string and mm-hmm. the string holds it completely. It reminded me a lot of um the back half of the Shrine and Argument by Fleet Foxes. Okay. Yeah, no, I I, I hear that. Because that song is also held together completely by string at that this point. This song this album has a pretty similar like at the start instrumental palette to mm-hmm. Fleet Foxes, and then they just like throw a wrecking ball through it. To me, it kind of it, it kind of reminded me of uh, if you listened to For the First Time by Black Country New Road and mm-hmm. you wanted them to be more depressed somehow, you should listen <laughs> to this. <laughs> if, if you heard For the First Time and you wished that somebody peeled Isaac halfway through yeah. that album, that's what this was, yeah. that's what this is. Yeah, if you if you liked the demos from For the First Time, like uh-huh. the 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 single versions of like Sunglasses and Athens France, and yeah. you were like, I like how shitty this sounds, um, and you want to hear someone develop on that more, mm-hmm. this is good. Um, it it's also a kind of a large band which you wouldn't get yeah. from the music. It's an eight person band, um, which is cool. So if you wish that uh, Black Country New Road went less arcade fire, more, I don't know, slint. <laughs> John Cage? Yeah, like. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> Maybe next we can talk about something that is the complete polar opposite of it, which is Stromae. Oh, yeah. Multitude. I have a lot to say about this record. I I kind of have a little. Oh. Um. <sighs> Most of what I have to say is negative. She didn't like it. It's because I don't I don't know. I mean, I didn't not like it. It's just that what I didn't like, I really didn't like. Oh, okay. Um, you can you can start Okay, so have you heard of you Strom- good cop, bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard about uh, did you 
I heard Stromine? like one song off of his previous album. Which probably Papa Ute, right? I don't know. Okay. I fucking love Stromae. I okay. love him so much. I think he is one of the best things to happen to like any country's mainstream pop music for so long. Okay. He reminds me of like if Lady Gaga followed through on being as political as she thinks she is. Okay. Like, um, Racine Calais. I, I, I should talk with a French accent because I can, but I'm not going to. I'll do it, I'll <gasps> do it once. Do. I'll do it once Please for you. Do. Glacine Carré. Oh, 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 I'm simping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no. So that album is like triumphantly political. It is very conceptual and it is super fully realized. Um, it's so like, it, it's about so many things and it, it like sticks the landing on pretty much all of them with some of the most just like fun globally minded like electro pop yeah. of that era like he just stuck the landing so hard and exactly what he wanted to do that is a five-star album for me mm. um i'm a little disappointed in this one mm. i feel bad i didn't i didn't dislike it but i think i need i uh, this is okay this is the one from this week that i spent the most time with trying to like unpeel in my head okay. i i have listened to this album like 10 or 12 times by this oh, Jesus point because <laughs> your last fms look insane <laughs> it, yeah it does i i listened to because russian carrie came out when i was 13 okay that's a and shrine has been gone this is his first album yeah. in almost 10 years because mm-hmm. he had a horrible reaction to malaria medication and it was Whoa. like life-threatening he almost died mm-hmm. and then he had a kid almost immediately after that and then he had like serious serious mental health issues and he like stayed out of the public eye like he got married and he had a whole like private life for about 10 years outside of the public eye um and now is when he's decided to come back um and I, it is he was such an early favorite for me that it is hard to articulate like really meaningfully how good it feels to hear his voice again yeah because he is a stunning singer mm-hmm. and i have i have missed his voice a lot yeah it is it's so good to hear him um but I, like i don't know what do you what do you think about this album so uh, okay so i i'll, I'll just kind of read what i wrote um, I said this album kind of epitomizes the kind of pop that I normally really do not like. Wow, that's uh, so weird. That pristinely produced crisp dance pop with anthemic undertones that feels perfectly radio ready so tends to put disagree. me off. And some parts of this definitely did that, but others impressed me. I thought that the production was pretty immaculate, and while that pristineness was a little too much for me in some areas, in others it felt very well crafted and served his vocals well. In a lot of ways, though, I thought that this was very much uh, Pepsi commercial falsely oh anthemic god. football stadium music. Oh my god! Did you? <laughs> the choral vocals just came off as cheesy, and on a port on a personal night note, the reggaeton aspect annoyed me deeply. If this was an EP of just tracks seven through eleven and four, then it would be fucking awesome. But other ones are so aggressively mid or bad. I cannot say this was a great album. I'm gonna explode you. <laughs> You're going to be exploded. So. For one, I don't think there's any reggaeton in this album. There's like a couple of, it's mostly the beat. It's, it, it is, it's African and Caribbean music, but there's no reggaeton. It's all, it's, a lot of it is rumba. Uh, a lot of it is, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of. It's, it's just that like thumpy, the like, the thumpy beat that's just like, are don't, you talking about don't, 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 Sante? I don't know. <laughs> no, no. It's like like some of the songs. It has that like do donk do donk 
dodonk dodonk yeah, beat it doesn't, just through the whole thing and i'm like please do it, anything else it doesn't it doesn't have reggaeton vibes at all to me it is it is very globally minded he's pulling influences from a lot of places like there there's yeah, no i definitely hear that influences from like north african music there's influence from like chinese music there's influences from like obviously american music yeah. and uh caribbean music um like, I don't know the terminology well enough to identify specific genres, but this album to me sounded really well-traveled and sincere in like its use of all those different tropes. It's also musically, if at least not lyrically, like more subtle and personal than his past work. You said like sports anthem. I said coffee shop. Oh, like, okay. I think I thought Whoa. some, yeah, I thought some of this was like, it's a lot quieter than his stuff has been in the past. Like he still, on, on the lyrics, on Racine Carré, a lot of the time he was inhabiting characters. Like he would, he would take on the persona of like a shitty ex-boyfriend okay. or like a, like a misogynistic, like raging lunatic. And he still does that on this album. But I think a lot of the time he's talking about himself. Like he is, inhabiting other characters to almost like put himself down like he's 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 using other characters to comment on his own like mental state yeah. and sense of being what i will give this one is that but like what i i agree with you that it in i agree with you to a point that it is much less individualistic than his last album like i can tell he's been it like it, it just sounds less flavorful than his yeah. last album but what i'll give it is that when i finish it it makes me want to listen to it again to make sure i didn't really like it like it 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 yeah it, I, it puts me back to the beginning like mm, i feel like there's more i have to hear here and i'll go back to it and then i won't i won't find it like that's the thing yeah like, it feels like there has to be more here but i'm i'm not finding it i would be interested to hear what the songs that you liked were okay so my favorites were l'enfer which okay. is that one is giant. Uh, did you did you read any of the translated lyrics for this? I did not. Okay, so that album is about like him considering suicide. Oh wow. Yeah, okay. like he this is like it's very directly about like what he was feeling during the time of his break. Like he was like going to kill himself and yeah. it's like not now. Um there is a television performance of that song that is amazing where he's it's he's doing an interview and then in the middle of the interview she asks him a question and he's been like talking to her the whole time and then he looks at the camera and just starts singing the song. Um, and he, like an actual version of Black Midi's Fantano interview where they yeah, just start playing yeah. shit. Um, and he cries. He's crying oh, wow. singing the song as like, and it's so striking because like, obviously he's hearing the instrumental in his ear as he's hearing the song. Yeah. And whenever the, the beat, it, that's the song that has like the wow, 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 wow. And it's like the huge trumpet beat yeah. behind him as he's like, just after he's finished talking about that. And it, it like the beat like skips for a second, like for a second. Yeah he flinches like audibly like visually he like blinks or something every time that happens in his ear and he's yeah. like crying while he's performing it it is crazy emotional yeah i could not believe it um the way that song turns like dark personal thoughts into like stage shattering theatrics i thought was like it's so good i thought it was so cool it turns what the song is talking about into like just a a, an, a a huge like un like uncarryable burden. I yeah. thought it was such a cool like use of that sound. Okay. Um. I also liked this the subtle ukulele on that song. Um. I really liked Sante. I liked that one when it dropped. Um. Because it is, I don't. Know, it's just a, it's just a sweet song. It's about like um. It's like an essential workers anthem, but it's also like making fun of the people who say that and don't really mean it. Like oh thank you heroes, and then consider continue like. Mm -hmm not wearing masks in public yeah. and like just like shitting on them completely. 
um but just like saying it to pay lip service yeah um i really like that song and i loved i loved 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 um field de joie oh yeah that, that was song that is crazy really i wrote good. that song is Everything I was hoping for from this album, yeah. like effortless modernization of what he was doing on Racine Carré, unbelievable vocal charisma. He sounds so good on that song. Yeah. He sounds like fucking Jacques Brel. Like he's like yeah. channeling that French chanson so good. Um, and then commandeering that largely white like narrative style, like the chanson to talk about like violence towards black women and mm-hmm. like single black mothers and like black sex workers is like, I love him. I want to yeah. kiss him on his mouth. Um, <laughs> he's a genius. The harpsichord on that song goes I fucking just, hard. I just love harpsichord. It goes so I'm a hard. Slut for harpsichord. Uh, every time I loop that song, I want to play it again. And like the bubble noise in the beat is like the yeah, bang. I like that one. I a lot. Love, that's so cool. Uh, it, uh, that one was that super creative. Like, song is so cool. Yeah. I wish the whole rest of the album sounded like that. Yeah. Because I also wrote that I liked Pavremont. Um, which is the one that combines marimba and flute. And okay. I've told you that I am so easy to sucker into liking something with a xylophone or yeah. marimba or whatever. Um, that like that one, I looped that one and I was like, okay, this goes a little bit. Yeah. But apart from that, I didn't save any songs from this. Yeah. Um, my least favorite track was Seco de Bonneau, which I don't know if you looked up the lyrics to if you didn't look up the lyrics to I these, didn't... I'm gonna go get the lyrics for you because okay. <laughs> I I'll have you read mine of the uh the faves and least faves because I don't want to pronounce them. <laughs> okay, uh, so this this song is about parenthood. It is about like having a new child and knowing that that child is going to grow up and be taking care of you someday. Yeah, which is like that. That's a that's like yeah evocative. Yeah, the song "Seco uh, de Bonheur" means uh, this is happiness is what the song is about. Okay, so the 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 chorus. The, this is the chorus of the song. You'll see it's only happiness. You'll see it's only joy. There are diapers and smells. There are vomits, poops, and then everything else. Yo. <laughs> and later in the song, he says, there are diapers, there are smells, there are peas, poops, and then everything else. There will mm. be grandpa, there will be grandma. If we're alive, we'll keep the kid. Then we poop, and then we pee. Laugh. Well, it'll happen to you, too. I was uh. like, why are you talking about pee and poop? Stromae, my, my man, stop talking about pee and poop. Dog, what is that? <laughs> so fucking weird. I like that he elaborates on the poop. He goes, pee and poop. I'm talking about pee and poop. It costs $0 to not talk about pee and poop on your songs. Why does everybody do this? <laughs> Top 10 Wayne poop bars. Top 10 Wayne poop bars. Today, I named my broadcast in the system ice cream scooping because there is a video that lives in my head rent free of five o foreign and i don't know what song this is on but the line he says is ice cream scooping shitting pooping shitting pooping and then the beat stops for a second so you can process what he just said and then it comes back in and just the clip of him and then he says i feel like the goat and then goes yeah dude the classic is i'm the shit i'm farting i don't know how to potty i don't know how to potty um the uh j cole said uh i feel like the shit yep. but you can't out fart me yes like it is <laughs> the things people say on songs about pee and poop is unbelievable it's absol so funny. absol has a line where he says let me put my mouth where you potty boo <gasps> it is so ew people who write songs need to stop talking about pee and poop in your songs that is my <laughs> that is my like 100 percent firm opinion 
poop bars in songs need to be over. What do you mean? It's humanizing and relevant to our human condition. I'll shit right now and you see if that's humanizing. (laughs) (laughs) You feel humanized about me. Yeah. Um, And then if you're listening to the song again, like back, this Romai song, you can, like, now that I know that that's what that means, you hear him say caca on the chorus, which is so fucking stupid. It's such a bad song. I was so, like, what the fuck? Also, and this is going to be mean to French people, it sounds like he's saying boner. He's not saying boner, but when he says boner, it sounds like he's saying boner. I thought that too, I'm not going to lie. On the song where he's already talking about pee and poop, I don't want to be thinking about (laughs) him saying boner. Oh my God. Stromai, my man. That one's a miss. It is a miss. I'm sorry. But yeah, largely this is an album that I really want to like, I want to like it so bad because I want to root for him because yeah. I think he he just seems like a really sweet, sensitive guy with his heart in the right place who is able to, when he wants to, bust out just like incredible pop songwriting. Yeah. But I, he, he, it's not bringing it for me on yeah. this one and I so wish it was. But I'm probably going to keep listening to it to like see, see if, if it does. grows on me. Yeah. I'll report back. It might. But Can you, do, can you read my faves and least faves yes, for me? Yes, I can. Me? I'm I being passed a laptop. Uh, fave tracks were Field de Joie, that's that one that I was just talking about. Uh, Lier, which is uh, laugh. I thought that one had kind of a repetitive hook. Hmm, I liked it. He just says laughing a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, Mon Amour, I forget that one. Uh, Declagation and Mauvais Journée. And then the least faves were En Vancou, which is. I, I liked that one to open the album. It felt like a very, like, I'm back. Yeah. Like, Welcome back. Um, like that couldn't kill me. Yeah. Um, Sante was the one. That's the one I was that's talking about. That's the one about. that you liked. <laughs> 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 uh, and Bonjourne, which I also didn't like. Yeah, that one sucked. I was like, I was sad because. Uh, Is that the last one on the album? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's a shitty closer. He he tends to end his his albums with a more rap influenced song. Which is. Um, I there was one that I don't like the closer to Racine Carré either. I just don't. Mm-hmm. Which just sucks because I love that album. Please go listen to Racine Carré if you didn't like this. And like, if you like this hypothetically, but you think it could be more, go listen to Racine Carré because it is more. There's so many songs on that album that go so fucking hard. Yeah. Papa Ute is amazing. Mul Frita. That's, uh, I've been listening. That's the thing. This album made me go back and listen to Racine Carré. Yeah. And I've just been listening to Mul Frit because that song is so good. Yeah. If you're going to listen to anything off this album, just listen to Field de, Field, Field Field de, de Joie. Field is yeah. amazing. Great track. Yeah. That might be my favorite track this week. That song's awesome. Actually, like, just just a good song. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it, it really, it, it does track that I wouldn't like this one if I, I really liked Caroline. <laughs> my God. I, well, I, no. I will say, no, it doesn't because you can enjoy two very yeah, you disparate can, things. You, can. you definitely can. I, I, will, I will say no to that that form of it's just, poo-pooing on the pop music. I, I do like pop music. It's just I'm picking. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> name, name every pop song. <laughs> If you like pop music, name five of their songs. (laughs) Um, I like, I, this made me want to listen to other, like, more, I guess, diverse pop albums. Mm -hmm. Like, you'll get that with, uh, with Racine Curry. It made me go back and listen to, uh, Sawayama again, just because that's, like, my favorite. Uh, and then I also went and I listened to, uh, couple of dirty projector songs um just you know (laughs) classics so i do like pop music it's just you have to hit a certain 
pop sound yeah, for me. Yeah, he he didn't he didn't hit he didn't stick the landing. I think on yeah. this one, which is sad. It makes me so sad. Yeah, pop pop. I think the issue is that pop has to convince me that it's good. I but I like I, pop isn't the kind of thing that I'll just listen to it and I I'm like willfully like yeah this is a formula that I like. I can be swayed very easily by a really smartly written pop song if I can if there's like a lot of intent behind the songwriting I can get on board. This album feels labored over in a bad way. Yeah. Like he thought almost too much about these songs. Yeah. Like they should have had a lighter touch to them and they yeah. they don't. I was actually talking in my my satire class the other day about this, about like how sometimes, especially for very like politically motivated things mm-hmm. and things that have a lot to say like societally. Which we live in one. Yes. Um, there There's a certain thing to be said about commodifying a message Mm -hmm. and putting it in a form that will inevitably make money in one way or another and the fact that adding a sequel to something knowing that it will be successful will inevitably make like it'll make you neuter your message inevitably because just just by by virtue of it being profitable so um in that in that case we were talking about communism and how like (laughs) and and conveying communism in different forms and like is it theory if it's this and it was like okay shut shut up please but in this case, I really think it it makes sense that it would be a little bit more. I I honestly easy. view this as a very separate entity from Racine Carré. Like it he makes is sense considering such the time. A, it's the time. He's such a different guy. Like, yeah. Just like in his TV interviews, the things he's been saying, like he's much more sedate. Racine Carré is theatrical. Yeah. It is. It is big. Theater core. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not a, not like it sounds like theater music, but like. I, the the Lady Gaga comparison was not for nothing. That yeah. is a that is a genuine comparison you can make to like his antics on that record. Yeah. For his video for Papa Ute, he did a bunch of stunts. So that song's that's his biggest song. It's okay. about like his father died in the Rwandan genocide. Oh wow! And it is about like him growing up without a father. Uh-huh. Um, and so in the video, he plays the father as a statue like oh wow so like the image of him is there but he is yeah. but the, the man is not so he is like standing stock still uh-huh. for mostly that entire video and when he does get up and dance it's very like robotic and like stiff mm-hmm. and when he performed for that record he would be carried in in like statue mode oh my god he would be carried onto stage in statue mode and then there was other videos where he would be like in statue mode in just like sitting in new york just like like that and people would be like coming up and poking him and stuff and then he would like perform um yeah it's he's he was very theatrical and on this album he has dialed it back yeah a lot and like i don't want to hold that against him because like i don't like that's a very clearly very intentional change in Mm -hmm. sound but at the same time like I think it is a little too labored over like not don't go back to what you were doing before but like I don't know just like pour over these a little less. Sometimes it becomes pee pee poo poo. Yeah. And we don't want that. No no pee pee poo poo. No pee pee poo poo. No pee pee poo poo. All right so once again I, I I am more excited about a lot of the stuff that we've talked about this week than I, I than I like I have more hype for stuff this week. And one thing that I was very hyped about I think I know what you're gonna say. Bombara The Love on My Mind EP, this which was, I have a vested interest in this album. This was this my EP. first Bambara experience. Oh my god. I have not, I have not heard them before. This Gotta listen first. to Stray. I evangelize for that album. It is it is on my list. You mentioned it to me like a long time ago. Six months ago. Yeah. I haven't gotten mm. to it yet. Mm, cringe. So, I mean, losing a friend point's not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I liked this. Yay. I was not, I don't think I'm super sold on it, but it is just an EP. Like it's yeah. not like a, as fully realized an idea. Are they always this cowboy? No. No? No. Okay. This is, this is, dude, Mythic Love is a cowboy sex song. When it's I was, so good. When I was looking at like the, like things this album is tagged with, yeah. not on Rate Your Music, just like until people say about this album, about Bambara, people would say Western Gothic. And I said, "Is that a fucking thing?" Yeah. This, they, this this is the most western they've sounded. Cowboy. Yeah. Cowboy. Yeah. They do have that swagger though. Yeah. Like especially less so on the last album, I would say Stray is much more actual gothic. Mm-hmm. But um, the previous album before that, Shadow and Everything, is um, more punk. Mm-hmm. And I think has more of that swagger. I see. Um, but I, this is like probably the most um, diverse sound across all of the different songs that they've had. Mm-hmm. You can very much tell that they're experimenting yeah. with a lot of different stuff. Um, I think my favorite tracks were Birds. That song goes stupid. I liked Birds a little less the more I spun it. It was really? my favorite when I first listened to it. Uh-huh. Like when I first went through the track list, I was like, oh, this one goes. But as I spun it more and more, I got to realizing that the reason I like it so much is because the main riff is exactly the same as um, uh, Policy of Truth by Depeche Mode. Oh. It's exactly the same. Oh, interesting. And the beat is very similar, too. And I was like, oh, this still goes. Yeah. But, like, I know why it goes now. So that that kind of soured me on it. What were the the rest of your favorites? Uh, Slither in the Rain, Mm -hmm. Mythic Love. Mythic Love Goes Hard. And Little Wars. Little Worlds goes hard. Little Wars reminded me in a lot of ways. Is it Wars? I wrote Worlds. It's Wars. Oh, okay. Um, reminded Fuck. me because New York is the city's full of little wars. That's the the lyric. Um, but it it reminded me in some ways of this is this could be a batshit comparison um, of Red Right Hand by Nick Cave and the Bad. That Seeds. is not a batshit comparison at all. I get that because this song I think plays a lot with the idea of tension and no release. Mm-hmm. Because even at the end when you do get the release, it gets cut off. Yeah. Um, and I think it's so interesting. And this is one that they were really excited for in the interview that it's I did. It's a great song. They were, they were like, this is one that we're really stoked about. And that, I was like, if this is the direction you go, that, fuck. <laughs> the one ending like refrain lyric yeah. on that on that song is this city could use a good caveman like you <laughs> yeah. that has stuck with me so hard it's so good that's such a fucking awesome raw ass line yeah i can't even tell if that's an insult to the person yeah. who's saying it to or not that's a fucking awesome this city could use a good caveman, caveman like you yeah and the way he delivers it is awesome yeah i think that reed is in like great vocal form on this so album. here's my issue with the vocals on this album Mm -hmm. i think this album is drowning in its influences a little bit okay um i heard a lot of depeche mode i heard a lot of ice age i heard a lot of ice age really yeah like in what sense uh in little in little wars um as well as in uh like his vocals it sounds like he's doing an elias ronenfeld impression to me i completely disagree i think i think they're very similar like the i could have heard i i I wrote down, I think these songs are really well written. I would rather hear Elias Ronenfeld sing most of them. Weird. Um, I also heard a lot of influence from Marky Smith of The Fall. Oh, okay. Uh, I think that's very, very sharp. Um, but yeah, I that those are pretty much the only bad things I have to say about this. Like I, I definitely hear a lot of their contemporaries and influences in this. Yeah. But Which is funny because I actually asked in the interview which um 
artists they like which of their contemporaries they found themselves most inspired by yeah they're like we don't listen to any contemporaries yeah no i (laughs) I definitely i was like really and they're like yeah we're more inspired by moments in songs than like by the sounds of bands yeah that makes sense um but i i actually do not hear the ice age comparison at all i hear it a lot um because to me i think knowing the basis Mm -hmm. of their previous stuff megan interviewed this band I did. I, I'm probably one of their biggest fans. I love them deeply. Um, but I I will say I, that doesn't cloud my judgment. I do have one song I don't <laughs> like off of this. Um, but I I think that the Ice Age comparison f- like is a little eh for me just because... N- n- new Ice Age. I'm not thinking about old punk Ice Age. I'm yeah. thinking about like Beyondless era Ice Age. This record reminds me of. See, I think that that doesn't hit for me just because I don't listen to Beyondless very oh, often. I fucking love Beyondless. I don't Beyondless. like Beyondless. I love Beyondless is my least favorite album of theirs. Wow, that's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. You like the new one better than Beyondless? Yeah. Huh. I Seek Shelter was a growing was a grower for me. Yeah, it was for me too. Um, I hate the song Vendetta. Um, Vendetta. I think it's so cheap. I, love I hate that it. I liked it the first time I heard it, and then I was like, I hate this. I think that song goes so hard. Um, but I uh, I disagree, just because I I know Reed's vocals and I know the style of uh, his previous stuff that he's he's dipping into more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also really like the the like deeper gravelly shit like on birds like where he's oh. like Sprue. king cruel that was the other thing i was thinking <laughs> of i heard i heard some king cruel in <laughs> Whoa. Uh, uh feel like a funeral sounds like a king oh. cruel song to me I... feel like a funeral i could hear archie marshall sing that I right now. wow wow yeah that is so interesting because i heard neither of those at all mm-hmm. um my least favorite song was Point and Shoot. Yeah, it was my least favorite too. Yeah, I think I, it was a little flat. Um, I, and I wow, didn't, I also wrote the word flat. Yep. What the fuck? And I didn't like. I didn't like that Reed's vocals were drowning in it. I, I liked the squabbly the synths on that song. I thought they were fun. Yeah, I think this, the synth is but good. I did think the performance was flat. I yeah. agree. Um, I if I sound like I'm shitting on this album, I hope it doesn't sound like I'm shitting on this album because I actually did enjoy it yeah. quite a bit. Um, I don't think like being obviously influenced by things is, is a, a bad, bad thing. thing. No, it's just the same thing as me with the Luna Lee album where yeah. I was like, I could hear it and, it, and it was, you, it's distracting. You like that album more I than like I that, did. I yeah. like that album a lot. Um, but this uh, this one, I gotta say, Mythic Love is like so anthemic. Song and goes fun. hard. It's Song goes so hard. much fun. Like. And also, the, he says the word "come." He does. Yep. <laughs> like that's a baller. Cowboy come. Cowboy specifically. Uh, they some the day they 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 published this song, they they were like reposting people like posting the single mm-hmm. on like their stories, and somebody said, "This is cowboy sex music," and yeah. I was like, "I've never looked back." It is like that is what it, it is. is. That's what it is. Um, um, but yeah, great. I liked it a lot. This is, I thought it was funny that there, I hear no country on this song. Like, this is a cowboy song, but I don't There's hear no any country. country. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's purely cowboy in attitude. Yeah, yeah they just say they're cowboys, and yeah. I believe it just because yeah. he sells it that hard vocally. It's <laughs> yeah. so good. Uh, I also specifically wrote that I loved the drumming on Mythic Love a lot. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, Blaze has been upping his drum game so hard recently. His dream, if you will. Yeah, great. Um, <laughs> great dream. Great dream. Um, he he was mentioning that he was influenced by jazz drumming a lot, mm-hmm. and I did hear that across yeah, a few no, of the songs. Yeah, no, I could also because totally like hear that. he's he's got a great sense of like push and pull mm-hmm. in his drumming. Like he'll like give and then go right back down yeah. and then go back up, and it just it has this nice like kind of like. I, I think of drums in very visceral ways. It has like almost a quality of like breathing in and out. Like I, I hear it especially. I just keep thinking about birds because I love that song so mm-hmm. much. But like the drums on that one especially is like the the kick and the the 
oh god the, the symbol yeah like hi-hat. it feels like it feels like and then it goes back out yeah. and i just love it i think it's so cool i will also say that that's also part of why i heard king cruel in this just because his drumming on a lot of his songs is also very jazz influenced yeah. mixed with that punk sound yeah um, i think so, it just yeah. goes down to uh what you listen to most that's true. going into this that is because i listen to a lot of Amara. like that's they're true. they're always on my charts mm-hmm. um so and i i had been listening to a lot of uh of shadow and everything and also stray leading up to it, but specifically shadow and everything and that album is a lot more um it's much more punk so hearing a lot of the more like synthy parts and more of the jazzy aspects mm-hmm. it to me i was just like the boys are doing it <laughs> <laughs> they're back they're, <laughs> they're back, back. I love them. Um, but yeah, no, this this is a very good EP. And I think it's going to be a good introduction to me for the band. Like yeah. get, getting into their discog, this is a really easy entry point. I really I really think that if you enjoyed um, Mythic Love, what parts of Mythic Love did you enjoy? Uh, Mythic Love, I, I said great drum work, fun cowboy influence, not really country, just Western cowboy Lamau. I really loved the ending refrain of yeah. Mythic Love. I thought was fucking awesome. Yeah. Did you did you like the more like gothic parts of it? Yeah, yeah. I did. So so I would say this whole album is pretty goth. Like, yeah, they do if that. you if you like gothic punk, then Stray is your album. So good, and like there's synthy stuff on it too. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the opening track Miracle starts with just synth. Yeah, um, and I would say. There's also the uh, the female vocalist on the last yeah, track. Yeah, she was great. Drew Citron. Yeah. She is all over Stray as well. And the vocal play between Reed's like super strong, very masculine voice mm-hmm. and her super soft, like very lilting presence is is a really great contrast. If your favorite Orville Peck song is Kansas Remembers Me Now, you will like this. <laughs> Yeah, this was a good EP. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, very excited for what they do this next. Is, this is very good. I really do want to stress that I, I'm not shitting on... Like, when I was talking about <laughs> it before, I feel like I it probably felt like I was really down on it, and I'm not. I thought yeah. this was great. Um, if if they're ever playing in Atlanta, you're coming with me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So next, we have our last three coming up. Yep. So next up, we have weather the weather station. How is it that I should look at the stars? This was a curveball for me. Really? Yeah. In a what what In way? In a good way. You I didn't found like this it? album incredibly boring. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And I it was the kind of thing I don't know what it is about me and influences this week, but this one I I heard I was tortured by the fact that I could hear two other vocalists. Who? I heard Phoebe Bridgers and Katie Lang. Fuck no. No way on the Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah. No way. And I had another friend listen to it and he was like, yeah, I hear Phoebe. I hear Katie Lang for sure, but no way on Phoebe Bridgers. No, there were specifically parts like on the song Taught. The very beginning, I was like, this is is phone bridge. She's been going at it way longer than Phoebe Bridgers. It was, I mean, it's just a matter of who I've heard before this. Because this is my first album that I've heard of hers. Oh, okay, okay. Um, And so I was like, it felt like... I will say Katie Lang is definitely the more, I think, potent yeah, one. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely do I hear that. I definitely hear Katie Lang, and I hear Katie Lang without the good instrumentals that mm-hmm. Katie Lang has. Because Katie Lang has, like, especially I'm thinking, like, songs from the 42nd Parallel, that album has such strong, like, all of it is very rich. Yeah. And this one felt really washed out and, like, sort of meek to yeah. me. Um, I, I which I, I think that. is a it's it could be a pro if that's what you want mm-hmm. but for me that's just not what I look for in music like this um so 
I don't look for music like this generally. You know me. I'm yeah. generally a more maximal person. Yeah. And it's hard to sell me on records that are just piano and voice or just guitar and voice. Yeah. And given how ignorance was marketed as like, um, it was marketed in an almost like folk folk way, but it was surprisingly like groove oriented. That mm-hmm. album had me like nodding my head more than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a follow up to that and a companion to that, this album is explicitly posed as a companion piece to her album from last year, Ignorance. Okay. Um, there's a song on this one called Ignorance that was meant to be the title track of that. Okay. But wound up on this instead. Um, just because it fit with like the the vibe better of this, yeah. Um, and it, it, I didn't listen to any of the teaser tracks before this, even though I liked Ignorance, and I, it was a total, totally unexpected. I did not expect this to be her sitting at a piano, just like singing her heart out. Yeah. And I I liked it more than I thought I would. Yeah. Um, I had to go back to it a couple times to let it get into my head, but I I ended up liking this one. Um, and I think a lot of it is because of the strength of the lyrics. Okay. And we've talked about this before, that I am not a lyrics first person yeah. at all. Um, but for this, I decided to sit down and be like, like, I got through my first lesson and I was like, oh, mm, well, and then I went back and listened to it again with the lyric sheet in front of me. And suddenly the instrumental interplay like made sense to me. Yeah. Like the way, the way the instrumentals functioned made sense to me with what she was talking about. Yeah. Um, this record is... It's very split. There is a, a harsh 50-50 split between songs that are about lockdown and politics uh-huh. and songs that are about, like, sweet romantic, like, love. Like, yeah. Especially in close quarters with somebody, like, during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, the lyric that I picked out of this, um, this whole record, to sum it up, was, What good are words if not to try and get across the river that ascends me every time we touch and obliterate all this distance I get so tired of? Mm-hmm. I thought that was gorgeous. I yeah. thought that was so pretty. Um, I was a little bored by uh, Sleight of Hand and Taut. Um, but apart from that, I liked most of the rest of this album. There was one song that I really enjoyed, which was To Talk About. That song is so sweet. Yeah. And I think that part of it was that I, I really appreciated the extra addition yeah. of a second vocalist. Yeah. I think that I that can't find his name. out a lot. I was looking for who he is and I can't find yeah, it. He's it was, not that credited. was the same thing with Drew Citron on the Babara stuff. Yeah. I had to ask them. I was like, who is the woman? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I liked to talk about. Um, I said uh, the low, I think it's a woodwind in yeah. the background too. Yep. was super nice. So nice. Um, I, I wrote that too. I, I mean, look at us. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> to me, this came this came across as one long song. I had a hard time differentiating them. I don't. Nece- I didn't necessarily mind that. I would agree that at points it was hard to tell where one song ended and once another began. Yeah. But I did. I didn't necessarily mind that. It felt very unified. Yeah. I think that, that it's me. just because I do. I am a singer songwriter person, mm-hmm. and I, I like m- minimal folk and stuff like that. Um, I, in fact, I would call myself a folk head. Okay. Um, so something like this, I have more expectations, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I care more about the production on what is there. Yeah. And I think that her vocals definitely could have sold me. Like there was some moments where she was like m- more belting. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I hear the strength in here. But the way that this is arranged is not coming across to me yeah that intensity so i i feel like i should listen to something else of hers to try and see if that so, clicks more yeah this is this one is not similar to her past work at all she's okay. a folk rock artist generally okay. um 
yeah i would definitely check out ignorance okay just to see if that's like the a kind of more. thing you would like yeah, yeah. there her song robber on that album i love yeah um yeah that's a great song um i will say if anybody listens to this and does um feel the same as me like they like it enough but not enough to listen to it again mm -hmm. do listen to katie lang yeah no oh yeah 100 percent. you will like her. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah no for sure um specifically i have to make sure that it's this the right title yeah hymns of the 49th parallel that is my favorite album of hers because it is very uh baroque and sweet and beautiful that's the one that is covers i think so yeah, it's fun. just it's just nice. Um, specifically, the way that she does the song Jericho, also the song The Valley is great. Um, but I, I went back after I finished this album and I listened to a couple of songs off of that one. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> this is this is what I wanted. Yeah. Um, my favorite tracks on this were uh, Sway, uh, which I liked in the same way as to talk about. It's such so warm and full of love. And when the piano was like swelling underneath her as she was like, like just singing about yeah. how much she loved this person and like the quiet, intimate moment of yeah. like watching them dance to her music like yeah. alone in their apartment. Oh, my poor little heart. That my was one that I got heart. really close to liking. I miss my partner so much. Aww. I miss my girlfriend so much. <laughs> Shout out to Sophie's girlfriend. <laughs> Shout out, Lee, if you're listening. Uh, um, I really liked Marsh. I thought Marsh was the best lyrical moment on the album, and I thought I was a little irritated that they put it first. Yeah. Um, it's that was hard to read for me because that one is very like it's so directly about like what it felt like trudging through that fucking awful like mire of politics and death at yeah. the start of the pandemic. Um, it's very directly talking about like. When this election is over, shit's still gonna be fucked up. Yeah, it's it's like if this had come out in 2020, I think it just would have made me more depressed. Yeah, but like, not that the pandemic is over, but like now, I can look back at that moment and be like, like holy fuck, like I survived that, but I shouldn't have had to. Yeah, like, none of us should have had to go through that. Yeah. Um, I really liked ignorance. Um, the subtle strings on that were really good. Um, and I thought that the lyrics, that's the one where she's talking about, um, she's like talking to the person who came up with the name magpie for the bird. And okay. she's like, I, there's no, like you named this a magpie and that name completely fails to encapsulate what this creature is. Yeah. Like it is, you can't put a name on what the, like a, a, that word can't fully describe what this is yeah i like did it, think that one was interesting i not, liked that one like the failure of a, of a name yeah. to fully encompass something i think that the this album i do agree it's great lyrically like i was i was peeking at the lyrics and i was like okay this has a lot to say but um while i am a lyrics i'm not i wouldn't call myself a lyrics first person i would call myself a perfect 50 50 mm -hmm. they both have to work for me um and this one i it just kind of made me sad <laughs> i was like oh you could have been so much <laughs> definitely check out ignorance if you weren't huge on this because okay. like her writing is still top form there let me read you some of the lyrics from robber because i think that song is so beautifully written okay um yeah i was, I was re-listening to this one today and i was uh wishing wishing and hoping that it would click more but it just wasn't doing that for me sadly um 
I never believed in the robber. I figured everything he took was gone. Nothing to do, nothing to be done. He had permission. Permission by words, permission of thanks, permission by laws, permission of banks. White tablecloth dinners, convention centers, it was all done. Make real imagination. Make unreal that which can be taken. Turn your gaze from the window's light. Turn your attention to this sharp knife. Uh, looting at dawn, looting at dusk. Hold open the gates for the want of lust. All I saw was the dust kicked up. Mm. Um, and that is about uh, land theft from Ooh. Native Americans. Interesting. Uh, I think that song is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There's a one artist that I think is underrated who has great lyrics and like more of like a folk rocky presentation that I'm thinking she'll probably sound a little similar to, mm-hmm. um, which is Laura Stevenson, if you're familiar. Uh, maybe a little closer in that direction. I think if I... Specifically her most recent album. I forget what which one that is. It's a self-titled. I don't remember. It's a great album. I'm thinking about Laura Stevenson, and uh, uh, my brain is coming up with Laura Marling. Oh. Um, oh, I did recently have a weird, like, uh, revelatory moment where I realized that Laura Marling is the same one that's on... Do you know the band Lump? Lump. Yeah, yeah. that's her. I was like whoa there the <laughs> so lump different. is like her initials with the other guys initials. yeah l- like, mike something yeah yeah i i had a moment with that and i was like because i was listening to the end of uh oh god the closing track on that that's album so good it's such a good album it's such a good um, album but when she's like laura marling i was like what because <laughs> i had heard that album like before i had heard songs for our daughter oh and i was like so I, I first learned of Laura Marling through, I'm um, from New York City, and in New York City, the college radio station that we get is Fordham University, which mm-hmm. is in New Jersey, but they have a fucking giant radio tower, so you get in New York City. I learned about a lot of bands from there. Um, shout out them for putting me on Thank You Scientist. They smack. Um, but they also put me on Laura Marling with her song Wildfire, and somehow I missed in that song that she says the word asshole, and I was like 13, <gasps> and... Then I went home and I listened to that song and she says asshole. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. You can say asshole in folk songs. Yeah. I mean, there's there's one song off of uh, Laura Stevenson's album where it's the only explicit song on the album. It's the only like angry one. Yeah. It's called Sandstorm. And she just goes. I know. And she she says, like, get that hoverfoot bullshit out. Nice. Nice. She's like, she said, say maybe one more goddamn time. It's so good. I love her delivery. She's awesome. She's awesome. I love her. I totally recommend listening to her self-titled, the most recent one. It's super diverse. Great album. I have to I have to go look at the cover to see if I remember. It's this like one. very pastel-y one of her sitting on a couch. And uh, a yep, I know that one. Yeah. Yep, I do know that one. Love that yep. album. As soon as you said that, the I was songs like, I know which one. "Sky Blue," "Bad News," and "Wretch" are like "Wretch" is awesome. "Wretch" is that song such is fucking a good great. song. Was I on grateful? That's so fucking <laughs> it's so good. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a good one. But yeah, this one was overall not tickling me, which made me a little sad because I was expecting I'm, I'm it to I'm just going to stop me. you there because that's twice you've referred to albums as tickling me. I'm going to need you to put a stop to that immediately. <laughs> I say that so often. <laughs> you I'll, can't be saying that on a record. <laughs> I'll say it again. <laughs> you know, things may or may not tickle. Um, <laughs> you know how I say that album exists on a scale of good or not good for me? Tickled to didn't the, tickle. <laughs> yeah, tickled to non-tickled. Um, uh, speaking of, this next EP by Babe Hoven. Did this tickle you? Not at all. What? Except for one song. Okay. Which 
made me rethink the entire EP and made me angry because I was like, where's the rest was of this? Was it Chili's? Yes. Yeah. That al- song's so good. Yeah, that song's so good. And I was so like, good. where was this intensity? Where was this drive? Mm-hmm. Where was the fire? Where was the structure? Where was it? I loved this. I'm a huge Beethoven stan. Um, this is only their, they're pretty new. This Yeah, is, I'd never heard of them. This is not their first EP. I think it's like their third there one last year on Nastavi Calliope, I like, like I was like I hesitate to use the word charmed, but I was charmed by that album. It was the only thing Could I listened to. Could you go so like, far as to say nope. you were tickled? Mm-mm, no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. No, I'm putting words in my <laughs> no, mouth. No, I'm not tickled. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Uh, <laughs> I'm not ticklish. Not even from albums tickling nope. your 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 canals. My innards. Yeah, your there's, cranium. There's a fucking. That the the pizza place by my house in Connecticut there is, they have a an old timey Mountain Dew sign. Okay. Did you know that the slogan for Mountain Dew used to be "It'll tickle your innards." (laughs) (laughs) I had to move away from the mic to laugh. What? It's so bad, and it they were like vaguely like Mountain Dew, so like their mascot was like a Mountie, like a, a Canadian Mountie. So it's it'll how t- old is this brand? It'll tickle your innards, but it's Y O R E. I wish you guys could see my face it's change. Not, it's my, not. It's my good. smile dropped. It's not good. Also, the I, I don't know if I want to get into this, but the the idea of having a human man as your mascot and then saying it'll he's tickle like a, your innards. He's like a cartoon man. He's not like a human. Man. Okay, I was envisioning just like a straight up man. No, he's like a cartoon. <laughs> Here, there you go. It'll tickle your innards. Mountain Dew, five cents. Dog. It's not good. That's bad. It's not good. Oh. It'll it will tickle your innards. Do you know the you Instagram like account Ear Feeder? No. It's like a music account. It just makes me think of Brain Feeder. I'm I gonna, miss Flylo. Flylo come back to us. I'm gonna start an account called Ear Tickler. <laughs> Inner Tickler. Yeah. Isn't, that, isn't Inner Tickler that Tame Impala? <laughs> Oh my god, that's vile. <laughs> um, so here's here's my first bullet point for sunk sunk by Beethoven is the yes. EP we're listening to. Um, here's my first bullet point: lovely, 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 lovely. Six lovelies in total. Oh shit. Um, I said this is bedroom music, not in the sense of like quote it was made cheaply in a bedroom, which it was, but in the sense of it feels like this is this is looking in at someone like in a very intimate and private moment like this is someone like talking to themselves through things that have happened to them in their bedroom like it sounds like the songs were sung only to herself um and i really like that about it like intimacy is a hard like you you can get personal and revealing on an album without it being intimate yeah and this album feels very intimate i hate the term confessional mm-hmm. i think that is used to pigeonhole female artists like no tomorrow like that's the thing about this album is that i don't really know if any of these stories are hers she could yeah. just be a great storyteller yeah but the character of the record is such that it feels like she is singing these songs to herself and mm-hmm. nobody else was meant to hear them. Yeah. And I love that. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's so good. Um, it, it's really hard to identify why I like this so much. Yeah. I'm I can't, a, I'm a little baffled. I can't put a finger on it. Um, 
there's just there's to me there's just such a power to how Beethoven writes songs like every second it feels to me like they're just barely holding back on saying something completely devastating Mm -hmm. and then when they do when they actually say it it's like oh my god are you fucking kidding me I have like four lyrical snippets I never take lyrical snippets I have like four written down here um you take it all out and blame your pain on me, your shame, your denial, your ways to stay unseen. I'm here pleading for you to love me too, the way that you love the self that you've construed. Mm-hmm. And then before that, I think this is the same song on Fugazi. He thought that he showed me Fugazi, and I don't know how to explain how that feels. It doesn't make sense why it hurt me. That's such like a simple like yeah. lyrical conceit but i've never heard that sung about on a song before like the way that someone else inserting themselves into your story yeah can make you feel like violated and yeah. lied to like it's such that's such an inst- interesting thing like wow you really thought i'd never heard of that before i met you yeah like it's such a it's such a like it's like infantilizing too yeah no yeah. it's such a very specific like thing like i've felt that i yeah. know how that feels it's really strange um and then chilies. Dude. Oh, my God. Dude. Dude. I Dog. Re- I regret sending you that email where I said I wanted to kill you. What I meant is that I long to feel you are still someone that I know well like I used to. What the fuck? fuck dude. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the one, the one t- lyric where it's like, now you're 27 and I don't think I know you. Oh, my God. When she says that, I was like, I was kind of in like a fugue state because I just yeah. didn't click with the rest of the instrumentals on the album. Yeah. Like, it was a shame because I did like the lyrics. It was the same thing with the weather system, the weather, mm-hmm. the, the, the weather station album, where I was like, the, this has so much to say, but it's not feeling buoyed up by any of what it's over. Yeah. Um, like this, I would have liked this more as like spoken word poetry. Um, and so when, when that song came up and I was like seven and a half minutes, yeah, this has got to be something. And then that happened. Yeah. I was like, this is something. Uh, the, I, I didn't write down how many chilies it was. 21, 20. 20. It was 20 dried chilies. 20 dried chilies is the name of that song. That song is fucking amazing. Awesome. It's so good. Yes. Um, it is so hard to describe why I like this band so much. Because, yeah. like, you know it. This is not in my normal yeah, wheelhouse, really. It's like, it. I guess it's just the vibes. Like, it's yeah. so languid and intimate and dreamy. When they, when they like, crescendo on Get Better, what I wrote down is yeah, that... Yeah, that one I was really close to liking. It doesn't feel like them consciously getting louder. It feels like the emotion fueling the song just, like, making that happen. Yeah. Like, the world is getting louder around them. Yeah. It's so... Oh, God. Fuck. God damn. One song I did not like, I actually had a least favorite, mm-hmm. was Creature. I didn't write anything down about that one. So it passed you by. Yeah. Yeah. I like. I said I liked its rawness, but I didn't write anything else more than that. I think that song was kind of weak. Okay. Um, it just didn't, like, I thought that overall the instrumental was kind of not enough, mm-hmm. um, which I think might just be a, a result of constraints of the way that it was made. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, that one in particular, I was like, okay, this is letting me down more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, in that, in this context, like it's, it's a little less forgivable for that to be a thing. What's the song I'm thinking of, um... Stacy, it really sucks to be your girlfriend. That's not on this album. Who, yeah, I don't who know. sings that? If I'm about to compare a Babehoven song to a Babehoven song that I was thinking of, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. <laughs> okay, it's Okay Kaya. 
insert generic name by okay kaya she is uh she was featured on a bunch of king cruel songs and she's also got solo music out that i really like okay um i like this song for a lot of the same reasons that i like okay kaya i think um it just reminds me of her um the hook on stapling is so good. Mm-hmm. I thought that has been stuck in my head for so long. The crescendo on Get Better. The outro on The Way Things Burn. That song's so cool. <laughs> I thought that song was so awesome. Oh, fuck. Um, I forgot a comparison for the last album. Okay, so Another female artist. <laughs> okay, really quick. Hem. Have you ever heard of them? This, the the uh, the album Rabbit Songs by Hem. No, I don't know that one. I think it's an album from two thousand. Yeah, I don't um, know that one. But it's like uh, it's it's in the same vein as Katie Lang, but like much more. Um, Katie Lang is very powerful. This one is in the same sort of uh, more lilting, soft mm-hmm. vocal like style, but it's um, <clears throat> it's just got more instrumental power behind it, yeah. and I think it would it it scratches the itch that that album was trying to get me to. I get that. Um, so I, okay, I just think it's very funny that like. I, I don't know singer song record singer songwriter records from last year. Yeah. And I definitely don't know any <laughs> from, from 2000. 2000. I was not, I was barely born. Yeah. Um, were you, you weren't born in 2000, were you? No, I was born. Get the fuck out, you <laughs> baby ass child. Who are you? <laughs> M- my born in 1999 ass. The last month of, the last three, I'm October 1999. Oh, I'm okay. not counting, but I'm a 90s kid. <laughs> and, and yet, and yet you're friends with me. A baby ass. A baby ass. <laughs> um, God, fuck. Um, I really liked Sunk by Beethoven. Bangs my gavel. It's yes. a good out. It's a good EP. I really liked it. Um, if you liked it, you should check out their other EP, Nastavi Calliope, that I wish they would press on vinyl because I would buy it. There you go. Really fast. All right. Now we have a uh, a big banger album. Super extra special big savannah stopover shout yes. out moment co-headliner for savannah stopover sasami with squeeze i really like this album i really like it as well this was a huge grower for me the first time i listened to it i was baffled the flow of it is insane <laughs> i was so perplexed for like this is like an indie rock album that is using shitty early 2000s new metal tropes it like you you think you know what you're going to hear. Yeah. Don't, like, even if you know, like, this is an artful indie rock release that is using those tropes to make a point. Like, yeah. even if you know that going in, you think you know what this album's going to sound like, and then you don't. You don't. You don't. It is, it, this is going to sound fucking insane, and stop me if it does sound fucking insane. All right. It is almost minimalist in the way it uses these metal tropes. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Like, a lot of the tracks are pretty instrumentally bare bones and the times it really breaks out into like, okay, we're going like shitty 90s garage metal now. Yeah. She tempers it with really muted production. That's the issue I think to me. I I, I liked I, that. I didn't. I thought um, it was a really interesting choice. I, so to me, I, so my first impression was the flow of this is crazy. It's fucking the all over the place. The fact that it place. switches from like new metal power pop to like basically indie yeah. and back again is crazy. Like there was yeah. one in particular, I think it was the transition between needed to work and tried to understand this, the, where it goes from like, yeah, yes, where it goes from like, like it cuts off hard and oh, then I next thing it. it has an acoustic guitar. Yeah. And I was like. What am I doing here? Needed to work is an apeshit song. It is. That song is crazy. Yeah. And uh and I was like, why do I like this? And the- so I I thought that overall it was super strong and I liked the structures of it a lot and I 
I'm a firm believer that new metal is more fun than metal. The the transition from that is a fucking bold and I very was, broad. I was surprised take. that you didn't. I, say I had to register that for a second. <laughs> but the transition from "Skin a Rat," the opener, yeah, also a fucking insane awesome song. song. Yeah, from "Skin a Rat" to the greatest was like, like wait, yeah. hold on, wait, yeah. we're doing this. I I my favorites were say it tried to understand say it oh my god say it is so that good that song is awesome yeah i i said uh i i wrote in my <laughs> you can tell how visceral my enjoyment of this was because i wrote in my notes and i quote i really like the no 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 on say it <laughs> the way that song the the say it is stinky in the same way it the conway stinky. the machine it album was stinky, stinky. Um, so I liked say it, uh, try to understand, make it right, squeeze, and weirdly for like a, basically an interlude song, I really liked feminine water turmoil. I don't, I don't really care about that one. It yeah. just didn't super. I just liked it. I like, I like kind of funky instrumental moments. Um, skin a rat goes so fucking hard. Yeah. Like I'm just thinking about that song right now and getting excited. Yeah. Like it is. I don't know enough about like specific metal subgenres to identify what's like like what this is pulling from, but it's it pretty so- solid new metal. It sounds like some scrabbly '90s garage tape recording ass high school band shit. Yeah, it is awesome. I love that. Um, say it, say it, say it's so, so good. good. The way the vibe is so icy mm-hmm. and then the time signature like seamlessly switches to six on the hook is like. Oh, whoa, the drumming on that song is also crazy yeah. cool. Um, such an unconventional like chord progression for a song mm-hmm. like that. It's an awesome. I, love I hope she say plays it. that. Say I'm not gonna. I'm not. I can't go to it. Unfortunately, oh, I'm gonna be at the stage for volunteering that day. I just I only got one day tickets because Soccer Mommy. I yeah I really wanted to see Soccer Mommy and this album made me really want to see Sasami, but I couldn't justify buying two day tickets just because I have no money and also because I do smash stuff on Fridays that mm. I don't want to miss. Um, I also really liked Call Me Home. Yeah, that one was good. I liked the contrast between the dirtiness of the guitars and like the swirling synths on that one. I thought that one was really good. Uh, Squeeze, you mentioned the title track. Yeah. That song's crazy. That song's really good. That song's crazy. I wish that song was longer. Yeah. Yeah. I think that my least favorite was The Closer. My least favorite was Not a Love Song. Okay. Um, that is The Closer. Oh, okay, yeah. Yes. Um, um, that that one, one... It's pretty repetitive. I just thought it was kind of disappointing. It doesn't... For ever... such like a creative and driven album. Yeah, it was, was just kind of, kind of a, a lukewarm eh. ending. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was super eclectic. Yeah, very, really, very really eclectic. interesting. This, um, I, I think... Almost laughing. I almost laughed like listening to it because the transitions were so like jarring. She's hamming it up oh, a yeah. lot on this album, which like you have to if you're going yeah. in this direction. But like, yeah, no, she's do so much ham on this album. Um, Squeeze reminds me of the band Tao and the Get Down Stay Down. Mm-hmm. Um, not to just like baselessly compare two Asian female artists because I know that's a thing Sasami talks about a lot, and also that like a lot of Asian female artists talk about getting compared only to other Asian female artists. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm making this comparison very aware of that trope. Um, uh, rest in peace, Tao and the Get Down Stay Down. By the way, awesome band. I'm so sad they broke up. I hope Tao continues to do solo stuff. Um, but their most recent two albums. Um, uh pure cinema and i forget what the other one is called um it has it has meticulous the song meticulous bird is the song that i'm thinking of Mm -hmm. the album is called a man alive 
it's not called a man alive. It's just called man alive. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I definitely got from the song squeeze specifically, really just that song, Mm -hmm. like pretty heavy vibes of like the kind of like noisy, but very driving and very like lock, like really locked in groove. Mm -hmm. Um, and the feeling of like pressure and the dissonant vocal harmonies, like, I, I got a lot of vibes of, of yeah. Cow on that album. Um, I think that the very obvious comparison is "I Disagree" by Poppy. Um, I got um, I I got strong hmm. because I think that if to me it felt like um, sort of a companion album in the sense of like Poppy did like pop metal, and this is like indie metal. Um, I think Poppy is much more committed to the metal bit oh than yeah Sasami she is, is. She like is. Sasami is appropriating these aesthetics as a like Sasami is appropriating metal aesthetics for an indie rock album that subverts those tropes poppy is like i'm gonna make a fucking metal album because i want to yeah um i definitely well i think that she also subverts it in some ways oh sure because, sure like, concrete Show turn to me a into metal. a street yeah that's <laughs> And then also just the fact that she, like, she'll, she, uh, she makes, like, almost, how do I describe it? Like, Don't Go Outside is, like, kind of proggy in some weird ways. Mm-hmm. Like, she definitely, like, takes it and bastardizes it in a lot of ways. I, I think so, too. I, she's 100% subverting. I'm not saying she's, like, playing it straight, but also she kind of is. Like, she's, it's, it is a much more, like, okay, this is going to be a stupid way to conceptualize this because I have zero respect for the Grammys. Poppy's album was nominated for Best Metal Record at the Grammys. I could not see that happening for this. I could. I couldn't. I could. Personally. I think enough of it is just like not metal. That. Well, I I guess, but at the same time, I think that if you don't understand the subtext of like what she's doing, yeah. like subversiveness, yeah. you would just read it as a metal album, I, like in a lot I of guess. ways. Like, because I think that a lot of what what you're hearing there is, is context that is true you know what that is a really good point yeah because like if i showed this to anybody and they just i just said look it's an indie metal album you'd be like that's yeah. new metal yeah that's true that is true yeah i think that because I, I for me it felt like less subversion in some ways and more just kind of um as much as i really enjoyed a lot of it i thought that some of it was a little underwhelming production wise I thought the production was a very intentional choice that I liked a lot. I don't know how much I liked it, regardless of how intentional it was. Um, I think there's something you said there with like intent doesn't equal enjoyment. Yeah. Um, I just think that sometimes it needs more punch. Um, Like the bass and the drums don't have enough love going into them. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, like I think there's just sometimes where I was like, I want to hear more of this and I'm not. I think the, the muted bass is also a thing in the specific like types of metal that she's pulling from. I don't, I don't know enough about that to say that for hundred yeah. percent sure, but I feel like I've heard metal music that sounds like this. Um, to me, this record felt like an indie rock album cosplaying as a metal album. Like it is indie rock at its core, yeah. but like it is putting on a big, like, guar costume and stomping around for a second before yeah. getting out of it and like going back to what she was doing yeah like and i don't mean that dismissively at all like yeah. i mean like she is when i said she's appropriating metal aesthetics to use in this brand of music like i think i think that is what i mean there yeah i don't know i think i enjoyed it on a a pretty base level like 
just from listening to it straight up and not thinking, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is good. Um, overall, I like it. Production is an enduring complaint. Uh-huh. Um, I I normally would complain about the structure, that like intense switching off that happens. Mm-hmm. I just think it's funny it here, though. It is very fun. Um, and I, it, it keeps it very very interesting do you like hop along i love hop i feel like hop along fans will get a lot out of this how (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it just kept me like what era of hop along uh uh, bark your head off is what i was thinking just very like i i it's not scratching the same itch but i think i think fans of hop along will find a lot of the same like off kilt like this isn't a very off kilter album this is not like this album is standing on one leg a lot of the time yeah I don't know, because I think Bark Your Head Off Dog is is more, it has a lot more polish, and it's much sunnier. Yeah, sure. Um, And it's, it's to me, I think that the vibe is, is, I mean, obviously the vibe is different, but I also think that the, what the songs are doing I will is also too say different. it's not too hard a comparison because nobody can be Francis Quinlan, like nobody ever could be. Yeah. And like, if you're looking for Francis Quinlan style vocals, you will not get that. Yeah. Um, I also just think that if you, I think if you, if you like more of like the painted shut era of hop. Yeah, I could see that where too. it's more raw. Yeah. Like specifically like, I don't know. My favorite song off that album is Well-Dressed. Just because of how like Banger. insane that vocal is. Banger. Um, but I think that if you just like more of the raw aesthetic that they have, then mm-hmm. you might like it. Yeah. Because even the indie songs on this, I didn't think were like incredibly. Uh, I think that that's part of where the, the production complaint endures is that I didn't think that even the production on the indie ones was flawless. I thought that there was a little to be desired on those too. Mm-hmm. So I think that just a little bit of. If this was remastered, uh-huh. I think I might like it more. Okay. Um, but as of right now, that is the one thing that keeps me from being able to like go buku bonkers to it, you know? That is an amazing phrase you just said. <laughs> buku bonkers. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> why don't you, why did you say shit like, I'm tickled by this? Why don't you just come up with more bangers like buku bonkers all the time? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? What are you tickled by buku bonkers? Ah! <laughs> I'm buku for boko puffs. <laughs> <laughs> that's gross <laughs> um <laughs> um <laughs> i also just want to highlight the one lyric from i wasn't super like sold on the lyrics on this one but yeah, like they're I, not bad i just think yeah. it was not a huge selling point of the record um but the skin a rat like she opens the album with you sell sex draped in dissonance you turn stocks upon innocence why does your cheap attention throw me off hell fucked economy crisis identity yeah that like my eye was like oh oh, okay okay cool cool Cool. that reminded me once again i'm sorry the poppy comparison it reminded me of blood money i guess i guess i see that yeah um just in that in that that energy and also like the uh she was approaching it in kind of a playful way, mm-hmm. a lot of the, the metal, and that it reminded me of like um, Bite Your Teeth off of- Bite Your Teeth is a good song. Yeah, and like the fact that like in the breakdown, she just goes, bleh. <laughs> <laughs> and like there's like the little like pop moment in the middle. Yeah. I, I got strong vibes. I think that if you enjoyed I Disagree, you would have liked this album. I think if you enjoy I Disagree and also you enjoy Phoebe Bridgers, you will like this album. <laughs> yeah, if you have that diversity of taste, yeah. then you'd like it. 
Because I was kind of disappointed by Poppy's newest release. Yeah, I didn't like that one either. So this I one kind of scratches the itch for me. I liked some of the songs on that album, but it was not my favorite. It was not. It didn't hit no, nearly it as hard as no. I Disagree. Because I Disagree goes hard. That song is, that album is like, I, I have you seen the, the, the Simpsons movie? Yes. I feel like the scene in the Simpsons movie when Homer is between a rock and a hard place when I listen to that album. It's He's so on the wrecking ball good. just getting like, burr, burr, yeah. burr, burr. dude, it's so good. I love that album. Um. But yeah, this one scratched an itch for me that her last album did not. So I appreciate it for that. My friend Lynn has a vinyl of I Disagree. And she made a... So all the art for that is black and white. Mm -hmm. And when you take out the record, it's transparent. And it looks blood spattered. It is awesome. It's such a cool looking record. I want it so bad. I love love cool vinyl packaging like that. One band that's great at that is Beach House. I have... um, you're gonna laugh i have the 100 gex remix project on vinyl <gasps> um and it has so that whole that whole the whole thing is packaged like mm-hmm. it's like shitty early 2000s like 3d model graphics like <laughs> okay fucking they could all be like microsoft word helpers like yeah. that's what the aesthetic of that is and it was sold on like spirits mucus green vinyl and when you pull it when you pull it out it's like this gross shade of green, and it looks like it looks like there's like ghosts in it. Oh, that's cute. It's, I, I'll try and find the. This is this is the the picture that I've been thinking of the entire podcast when you said uh, you mentioned like shitty graphics before. Yeah, it reminded me. Of, I'm sorry for the listeners. Yeah, this, this this audio medium. Paint us a word picture. It is okay. So image description. It says the PlayStation can produce mind-boggling effects. <laughs> And the image is of two very low poly skeleton <laughs> warriors brandishing weapons. Um, it is not a mind boggling effect at all. It looks very bad, actually. Not at all. Uh, so it just, <laughs> I was thinking about that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, it is just very cool. Um, do we want to move on to our singles? I think we should. Yeah. Um, okay. So our singles. Let's start with the longest one. Oh, we're which starting is, with this which one. Which is basically an EP. Okay, it is um, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. The Dripping Tap. I believe my exact words to you last night were that this song slaps wicked hot penis. That's <laughs> exactly what you said. And let me let me tell you, my entire description of this in my singles like list is very good. This is penis music. <laughs> This song goes through so m- it's okay. It's fucking eighteen minutes long. It's crazy. This song is eighteen minutes long. King is have they're coming out with a new album called Omnirium Gatherum. I think. <laughs> of course it is. And that. Stu said, "This is our longest album ever." <laughs> oh fucking, my what? god! I hope it is. The first song you it's drop 18. is eighteen minutes. Oh my lord! You people are insane. They are truly. What insane. do they eat? Vegemite. How? I don't know. Is it purely Australian? Yeah, it's like if you, if it's an Australian exclusive perk. Yeah. Like that you are able to stomach Vegemite and it gives you like powers. powers <laughs> you and become abilities. Popeye, but you're Australian. <laughs> I was... I'm trying to imagine Popeye, but he has an Australian accent, but yeah. all the same like speech patterns yeah. still. He just, the only thing is that he, he eats Vegemite and then he winces a little bit and, and then he grows muscles. And every time he makes a song, he goes, woo! Yeah, and then they fire their and second then, drummer, and then it's a crazy like guitar solo. Yeah. 
Oh my god, I was talking with a, a one of my friends about Vegemite the other day, and I was like, uh, "That was your first mistake." I know, I was right? Talking about Vegemite, and uh, he was like, "People don't get that Vegemite; it's a condiment. Like, you're it's a topping. Like, you're not supposed to just like eat it." But and people do like, though. And I was like, "Is it a topping in the same way that like liquor is to be mixed, but you can still take a shot?" Yeah, no, people eat Vegemite. Yeah, they do just straight up. Like, what's the fucking Courtney Barnett talks about eating a Vegemite sandwich? Oh like, yeah, that it's just a sandwich with Vegemite <laughs> on it. If you have. She also says, got me some hot chips. <laughs> if you make if you make a, a grilled cheese, the cheese is not a topping. The cheese is the sandwich. If you put like mayo on your grilled cheese, the mayo is a topping. But if you put cheese on your pasta, like Parmesan cheese. Sure. That's a topping. That Okay, sure. So I guess it just comes down to versatility. Yeah, it does. Don't pigeonhole the Vegemite. I'm not pigeonholing the Vegemite. Don't pigeonhole the Pigeonite. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Australian jam band. This song is awesome. It's, it's so good, good. Yeah. The the hook is awesome. There's mm-hmm. I can't even remember how it goes now because I listened to it. I only listened to it once because you know. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a hard thing to yeah. listen to twice uh, in a row. But. The hook is like solid gold. Like King Gizzard are immune to my general jam band dislike okay. because what they do is they jam for like three hours and then they go back, they listen to the recording, they pick out the parts that are like, yeah, that's a cool bit. And then they write a song around that. Okay. I am super into that. I think more bands should try that. Okay. Um, Less fish, more giz. <laughs> okay. P-H-I-S-H. Yes. I understand. I like, I was just thinking like lizard fish. I don't, <laughs> yeah. and then I was thinking of fishing for fishies, which oh, is yeah. a giz album. I didn't know what you were talking about. P- I know I like that one. <laughs> um, P-H-I-S-H. Yeah. So like there, there, this, this song is clearly born out of jams, but it has like passages, like it has different passages that yeah. like they, they strung, they structured. Um, like it is. A, it has passages. It has it's passages. passages. <laughs> It's all Pepe Sylvia. Hey, are you tickled by the passages? I'm tickled by the passages. (gasps) I'm I'm Boku. I'm going Boku bonkers for these packages. Boku bonkers for those. Um, yeah. No, it's. I just want you to know that Boku bonkers is one of the most Californian things you've ever said, and I will be oppressing you. I go fucking Boku bonkers for that shit. I'm gonna. (laughs) Oso oso. There's a band called Oso Oso, and like I had to consciously not do the California voice just then. <laughs> like if I, because I, I like I even live on a street called Oso. Like oh my fucking god, I hate when I say you it. You did it. You yeah. did it. When you it's said just the street like name. I, I can't say Oz <laughs> <laughs> without, without sounding like heinously Californian. So I'm just sitting here. I'm like, oh yeah, I got to listen to Pensacola by Oso Oso. I, I got lucky with my accent placement because my parents are both from Long Island. Oh. Um, yeah, my parents are both from Long Island. My dad says dog. Oh. Uh, there was a really cute dog at the park. You should have seen him. Um, I got lucky with Connecticut. The worst I say is, um, what do you, what do you call when you have finished with your paints? What is the item that you have? A painting. 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 My my roommate says museum. Instead that of museum. would kill me. Museum. It's really funny. She's like, I have a class at the museum. I'm like, I can't my. <laughs> I have known people who have said crayon instead of crayon. Oh yeah, or crown. Like that's like a South Carolina crown thing. for yeah. crayon. Yeah, you say like, oh, I gotta use the crown. Wow. Yeah. That's a new one. This is a total sidetrack, but my roommate is from Nashua, New Hampshire. Okay. And apparently, in Nashua, New Hampshire, what do you call the thing you drink out of in the hallway of a school? 
A drinking fountain? Sure. Drinking fountain, water fountain. I say yeah. water fountain. Don't they say bubbler? They say bubbler. Yeah. That is made up. That's crazy. Nobody says that. Do you say, Aliens what do you say, say for like, for a, a carbonated beverage full of sugar? Soda. I say soda as well. I have a friend who says pop. Oh, yeah. Really? That's yeah. like antique. She's Minnesotan. Oh, so. that makes sense. Yeah. What about like, people say like cola. I, I think we've taken the same New York Times accent quiz. I have not. Oh, yeah. So there's an option for the soda pop thing. Uh-huh. Some people apparently say Coca-Cola. Ugh. Yeah, I don't like it. People also have very different um, ways of saying, my train of thought just left me. That's okay. Goodbye. Bye. King Gizzard? <laughs> See ya. Yeah, King Gizzard. <laughs> um, this, is our, this is our cue to get back. This song is awesome. We're jamming. We're verbally jamming yeah. right now is what we're doing. Um, this song is awesome. If they keep on this this sound for the new record, it will be awesome. Because I liked Butterfly 3000. I liked it. I didn't mm-hmm. love it the way I have loved so many Giza albums. Um, yeah, I would love a return to some heavier sounds from them. I think that would be awesome. Because they've been off it for like three or four records. And I think I would yeah. love to hear them do this shit again. Giz has been a hard sell for me. I'm not going to lie. Because um, I've listened to a few of their albums i have listened to polygon duana land that was you didn't the first like one. that one no it was oh, it was man. too clean i love that album too <clears throat> I, clean yeah wow and then i listened to nonagon infinity and you didn't like that either i liked it more a lot more okay. but it, it's not the kind of thing that i would listen to casually it was an experience man. but i don't think i would go back to I it i can listen to it pretty much and i can just throw on pretty much any giz song and then i listened to infest the rat's nest that one's different which i liked the song perihelion a lot banger and that was it that one's that one's very different from the other stuff that one's more like straight up a metal album yeah um, um but it was like i almost didn't enjoy it as much as a lot of metal which is think, saying something i think you would like um uh flying microtonal banana that's the next one uh you did hear that one that's the next one i'm going to you didn't oh that's you're going to listen to that mm-hmm. one so that one's interesting because i mean you obviously you know the concept um yeah, no, it's it's just a cool concept, like the the microtonal music. I feel like yeah. you might enjoy Isn't that. Isn't like Rattlesnake the big one off that one? Rattlesnake, 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 Rattlesnake. Uh, yes, um, but nothing else on the album sounds like it. Okay. Um, what you should take from Rattlesnake is the harmonica bits on that song. That wham, 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 wham. That that will come back because okay. there's a lot of microtonal harmonica, which is fucking awesome. I like only know about that song because I watched. I think it's like an Adam Neely video about microtones. Mm-hmm. So I was like, mm. "Rattlesnake is a slammer." I yeah. love that song. Um, it that song. <laughs> so that song is seven minutes of them saying "Rattlesnake, Rattlesnake" like over and over again. Yeah. And they when they play it live, they'll play it for as long as it takes for the audience to get into it. Oh, really? Like, they'll just play it until people are going insane, and then they'll end it and do something else, which is so fucking <laughs> that funny. That is really funny. Um, uh, we're talking about King Giz, but not talking about this song. Yeah. I have heard people say, like, people who are Giz enthusiasts, that this is one of the best, like, Giz songs that they've heard. This feels... So, Giz, they're always fucking around. Like, they're always yeah. doing something weird, but... This is the biggest, like, return to what people, like, are drawn. I know people love all the King Gizzard albums. There's, like, a dedicated fandom for pretty much anything they do. Yeah. This this song is getting back to, I think, a lot of what people were drawn into them by. Okay. Like, this is a little Nonagon Infinity. It's a little yeah. Polygon Donna Land. It's a little Float Along Fill Your Lungs. It's a little fucking, uh, uh... 
um it's the other early one that what I did. Oddments. It's oh, little okay. oddments. Um like this is it, it it has it has a lot of like what people would consider classic giz because mm-hmm. um, of the last few years they've been like going on a lot of very adventurous detours i think this brings it right back in focus with like an 18 minute by the way we're still here yeah <laughs> it's still going hard that goes so hard this song's really good yeah it's very very good so if you're if you are interested at all in that sort of like very long form super musically intensive uh but also sound. very accessible. It's very accessible. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, if you like music theory, like, if you're <laughs> if you're a band kid, you'll like yeah. this. <laughs> um, that's I lo- that's something I love about Giz is that they are so they are very musically intensive. Like they are very studied and very experimental, like in their playing. Yeah. But it's there. It's always so accessible. Yeah. You can just turn on anything. Uh, next single is Kevin Morby. This is a photograph. What did you think? You are a Kevin Morby enjoyer. I okay so. Kevin Morby and I have kind of a funny history. Okay. Um, so I actually got a Kevin you Morby album on accident. Um, this the, is your big thief capacity. Yeah, because <laughs> I I signed up for the Vinyl Me Please reissue of uh, Queens of the Stone Age, Songs for the Deaf, because I love that album. Banger album. Um, and it has a dope-ass repress. Okay. Super high quality. Needed it. And then my brother wanted the Soft Bulletin by Flaming Lips, mm-hmm. which was being repressed the next month. And so after that, we had the option for a third album that was getting pressed. And I didn't know like any of them. And I wasn't really interested in any of them. Mm-hmm. One of them was an Aretha Franklin record, which would have been cool to have. But like, I don't listen to any Aretha Franklin like casually. So I didn't get it. Um, but I knew that Fleet Fox's manager, Asia Pecknold, also manages Kevin Morby. Mm-hmm. So out of Simpage, I got that one because <laughs> I wanted her to make money. Simpage. Yeah. So simping for Robin Pecknold's sister, who I love dearly, <laughs> uh, I got the Kevin Morby album. And I the first time I listened to it was when I got that vinyl. Yeah. Um, and it's his album City Music, which is, it's a cute album. I like it. Like, it's it's good enough. But there's only like one song that really like gets me, which mm-hmm. is the opening. Like, it's the, yeah. the title track. Um, and I, I had listened to a couple of his other like singles, r- not recently, but like upcoming and none of them really tickled me. I quite like this one. I wanted to like it because I like his fun Yelpy vocal delivery yeah. on this one. Um, but it, it didn't stick with me. I was not, I wasn't overly sold on it. I, there's, uh, there's other bands that I go to for this kind of thing that I just like better. Yeah. Sports team. It reminded me a lot of sports team. I, I liked this one quite a bit. I was listening to it again today and I was like, yeah, I like this. I'm excited for this album. Um, it had, I liked the, uh, the development of it. I thought it did some fun stuff. And I don't, it, I don't think it's bad. He sounded very passionate it. on it, which I thought was nice. Yeah, he does. I liked his delivery. He does. Um, all right, and then next one is Ezra Furman. Point me towards the real. I love oh, this I single. This, this I is a this really good so song. Much. The first Ezra Furman I've heard as well. Oh, you should check out everything she's ever done. She <laughs> is. Oh my god, I'm an Ezra Furman stan. She's, that chorus is point me towards, towards the, the real, real motherfuckers. motherfuckers. So good. So good. If you like to our lovely listeners, if you like anything this song is doing, go like. Stop this podcast and listen to her album Transangelic Exodus. And then come back to the podcast. Yes, please then it. come back to the podcast and finish it. But <laughs> go listen to Transangelic Exodus because that is one of my favorite albums of all like straight up, that's a top ten for me. That okay. album is unfucking believable from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Um just uh, her sense of melody and her voice, like the way like she you can tell that she writes 
melodies that suit the way her voice sounds. Yeah. Like she, her 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 vocal style is very peculiar and particular mm-hmm. and she never like I don't want to say like gets too ambitious because mm-hmm. that, that's not right. Her music yeah. is ambitious, but it's just she knows she knows what she is good at singing yeah. and the melodies she writes and the things she's saying suit her voice so perfectly. She just knows how to flatter her voice. Absolutely. Like 100%. Yeah. I could see a voice like this sounding bad singing a lot of other yeah. types of music, but she just nails it. It's yeah. so good. It's also notable that it's it's quite a long song. It, yeah, it's not But short. it does not feel long at no. all. The storytelling is great. Yeah. Her storytelling is always amazing. Transangelic X is a, is a, is a rock opera. Oh, it really? It is about... Um, so it is about a universe, an alternate universe America where people are randomly growing angel wings. Oh. And that becomes like an oppressed minority. And oh, it's all just a great metaphor for like hiding your queerness. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's about Ezra busting her partner out of a hospital where he's being kept um, and road tripping across America with an angel. Interesting. It is I could talk about that album for another hour. It is like the first time I listened to it, I was so blown back. Yeah. I was that his album is unfucking believable. The song Psalm 51 is one of my favorite songs of all time. She yeah. she is un unbelievable. Um I will definitely check it out. But I... all all her stuff with the harpoons and like all of her albums are amazing. Yeah. She she does not miss. I will check out that one. Yeah. I have a friend who's very into rock operas, so I'll make him listen to it with it's me. So <laughs> oh man, I love Ezra Furman. I'm so excited to hear her back again because she did. Mm-hmm. So she did Trans- Transangelic Exodus in 2018, um, and then followed that up with 12 Nudes, which is a great album. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not. It is not as storytelling intensive yeah. as anything she's ever done before. It's a very like. It's almost like folk punk. Like it's oh, very okay. like. Um, it's very noisy, very squabbly, mm. um, uh, very quick. Like the pace is up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she was quiet, 2018 to 2019, and then she's been quiet since. She did the soundtrack for the Netflix show Sex Education. Yes, I do like that show quite yeah. a bit. Um, yeah, she did that. Um, but this is the first like peep of new music for her in a little while. And it comes following a lot of like personal revelations and like moments for her in her life that she's been documenting pretty faithfully on social media. Like she had a child Mm. and she's fully come out as a trans woman now. And I'm that like that knowledge makes me so excited for whatever project that this is going to get attached to. It's so good. Although I'll say the lead single for 12 nudes was I want to be your girlfriend, which is also an amazing song and the rest of the album sounds nothing like it so um i guess i have no idea but i know it'll be great i'm excited for it because this is this is great 100 percent confidence in her um yeah and next one i'm very excited about because this is a new peep of music from an artist i love Mm -hmm. which is daniel rosen uh, this song was fucking on awesome. On People's Space. This song is so this good. This song is crazy <laughs> this good. This is Baroque to a T. I it have is missed so good. Grizzly Bear. Like, yes. I don't want to say, I don't want to say Grizzly Bear because I know this like is his solo thing yeah. and it's very but separate. he added so different. much instrumentally to Grizzly I, Bear. I have missed music that sounds like this. Yeah. I have needed this for so and long. And that standing bass. Oh my oh god. Oh my god. His production is immaculate. This song is this song is really well produced yeah. and it's not 
a very conventional production style either. No, it's not. It is, it is an interesting echoey production style. It feels it, very like a... Um, it felt like it was being performed in a church. Yeah, I was me. about to say it feels like a, the- like a yeah. cathedral. Um, it was. It, this song is freaking awesome. Yeah. The, the stages this song goes through. It's so. This is like a prog song. Yeah, basically. This goes through. It's so like prog many. folk. <laughs> yeah. No. It um, goes through so many different grooves and textures and vocal yeah. riffs. It's awesome. This song's so good. The thing that I mentioned about it is that it's it has a, a real sense of push and pull. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like a tug of war. The You're dynamic, always being pulled around. Yeah. The dynamic contrast on this album is really uh, yeah. album song is really good. His voice is so unique too. Yeah, I I've missed it. I've voice. I've missed his singing too. His his album, um his, it's his like solo quote unquote with another of his friends uh department of eagles i don't know if you yeah ever i'm familiar i don't know too much okay in ear park is one of my favorite albums ever okay um awesome awesome record it's much more minimal than this mm-hmm. but i go I back mean, to that Grizzly just Bear. to hear his voice um because it's only him yeah. singing um and i'm super excited to see what his lyrical style ends up being on this too i don't because this one is not very lyrically focused but I'm excited to see on the next albums uh, or songs. I'm just so excited for this album. Yeah, I'm. I, this this boosted my hype because I I liked some of the past songs, but I wasn't like absolutely blown away yeah, by them. This one, this just... one scalped me bald. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready for the rest of this. <laughs> that is a great phrase. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Next is a uh, pup Matilda. <sighs> I'm not a huge pup fan. I am a massive pup fan. Okay. I am a. I'm a. I would even go as far as to say I am a pup stan. Okay. Um. I thought this one was like fun. But it didn't really do anything crazy for me. Me too, which is why I wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. This is the first pup song I've felt let down by Aww. ever. Um, I'm not like I'm not huge on their first album. I think it's very rocky. But I also wasn't a fan when that was like I I missed that one. That yeah. one is like old to me. I became a fan during the, um, uh, the dream is over era, mm-hmm. and I think that album is near flawless. Mm-hmm. Um, and then morbid stuff dropped. And that album is also near flawless. Okay. And this one, they're making some choices here that I don't know that I'm super fond of. Because this is, this so far the singles have been good. They've been good, but they haven't blown me away. I like the Robot Love Song, the name that I forget. (laughs) Um, And it might just be called Robot Love Song. Yeah. I like that song. I like it. And then I like waiting i like the hook on waiting but the rest of the song doesn't really do it for me but yeah. like a good hook will make me like a song yeah um this this one just it feels meandering in a way that like really driving punk shouldn't yeah and it's almost like they're downplaying the punkness it's a little more poppy um, yeah like pop punky it well, felt almost emo to me yeah yeah definitely they're they are a pop focused band these guys okay sorry to quote pitchfork you're gonna kill me but in the Pitchfork review for for Morbid Stuff, they described my favorite song on that album. Um, uh, fuck, what is the name of the song? I hope you're doing fine on your own. Uh, see, you at your, see you at your funeral. Okay. Um, that's my favorite song on that album. And they described that song as sounding like Max Martin with gang vocals. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like these guys can write a fucking hook like yeah. some of the best hooks in punk and it's just not bring it just isn't bringing that like yeah i don't know which it, is a bummer almost in the way of shamir where like it feels like you're intentionally not playing to your strengths here yeah. like you're trying to do something different but like you can do something different and still employ your talents yeah yeah 
I, yeah, I'm just not a huge fan of Pup in general, sadly. I wish I was, but they just don't tickle me. Have sorry, the, I'm sorry. Have you heard The Dream Is Over? <laughs> no. You should listen to The Dream Is Over. I listened to Morbid Stuff and I was like, man. I really like Morbid Stuff. I don't like Morbid Stuff as much as The Dream Is Over. Okay. Kids. I'm surprised you don't like kids just because the lyrics of that song are so good. Mm, for punk, I'm mostly looking for instrumental. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, mostly for punk, I end up going to old punk. You I, should I check out a whole lot of new stuff. Um, the Coast from their album "The Dream Is Over." Okay. Also, um, Pine Point is amazing. Okay. That song Pine Point is so. I'll good. take a look. Next up is Alex Cameron K Hole, which is I'm I'm a big Alex Cameron fan. I, so this is one I was personally disappointed by. Oh, this is my first Alex Cameron song I've ever heard, and I really liked it. Um, I if you like this, um, I think that you should listen to Force Witness." Okay. Um, that I think is his best album. Mm-hmm. His last album um, was more autobiographical, which is also good. There's one song off that album. Um, what's it called? Oh, Far From Born Again, mm-hmm. which is about sex work. And it's really good. Um, it's a cool title. But uh, it, this one, it, it felt like it was going, it was a return to form of the sound on Force Witness. Mm-hmm did not hit for me as much um because normally his lyrics are just so smart and like <laughs> I thought they were really funny on this one they're much funnier on force witness they're, that album makes me laugh out loud i thought the lyrics on this one were really funny i have to find what the hook is because he he rhymes a-hole with k-hole oh yeah which is funny <laughs> so funny but there's there's one song because on um force witness he's doing almost a similar thing where he's a washed up celebrity that's yeah. the one that we were talking about last week um but his his descriptions of things are just so funny on that album like he talks about trying to impress a woman because he's he he can't get ripped so he steals a car from the used car lot to okay. impress her and like takes okay. it back and just the way that he describes things is really <laughs> I'm, funny i'm reading the i'm reading the lyrics on this song it's so funny there's so many bits that i forgot yeah. about I might call the mental health hotline just to ask for a good time. Yeah. He wants to it's phone really sex funny. with the lady on the suicide hotline. Yeah. That's so fucking funny. You need to listen to more of him. He's hilarious. I'm, it might appear like I'm driving straight for the moat. Oh, baby. It's one of those cars that turns into a boat. <laughs> uh rhyme scheme on the chorus i don't want to sound like an a-hole i don't want you to think i'm ungrateful see the credit cards on the table never try to hide in a k-hole sorry little girl but my plate's full trying to prove to you that i'm stable promise when i fall i'll be graceful only room for one in a k-hole it's so only room for one on a k-hole is a great that is a really good it's a really good line that is a really good line um let's see there's also a lot on uh on force witness about like the internet okay. and everything like he has one song called stud muffin 69 um so this for context on this album he is a shitty person yeah that's... he's fucking awful okay so that's the thing i didn't know he was funny the whole thing i know about this guy is that he's really high concept and like has a whole character he plays who's like a washed up celebrity piece of shit but i thought it was like like exploring celebrity in that way. I didn't know it was like, I didn't know it was funny. No, I didn't it's know- funny. Um, so let's see. My favorite is, is the song country figs, which is about him. Um, that being... sounds like a balls metaphor. 
it's it's a a play on do you know you know uh steven crowder i do he makes a he makes a shirt called like communist figs which is supposed to be like a a play on the f slur Uh. Um, so it's a play on that and it's talking about uh, how he he's look he's homeless and he's looking down on other homeless people for being homeless because he's oh got a stick up his ass. So he the verse two says the worst part about being homeless is waking up from a dirty wet dream with a lap full of cum and a head full of steam. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and he says, sir, I'm stuck here in the city where the people all speak like pigs. Don't sir, need, don't need their pity. Need my country figs. Like it's a lot. Oh my Lord Christ! Yeah, so he does not hold back on that album. Um, I, I definitely uh, recommend it. It's a it's a good album. Um, maybe this one just needs to grow on me more. I haven't listened to any of the other uh, singles off of Oxy Music. Um, very funny title of the album as well. It's funny that he's talking about Oxy on the title, but then he's also on ketamine on yeah, this song. I yeah. hope that he's just like running down a list of different drugs he really, he's on. He really might be. <laughs> so fucking funny. The third song, another single is called Prescription Refill. <laughs> oh my God. That would be actually fucking hilarious if that was the concept of this record. I think it might be. That's so funny. Um, <laughs> All right. Wait, but also it's, I didn't even realize it's Oxy music, like Roxy music. Oh, yeah. That's so funny. Oh, my God. I want to strangle this guy. I've never even met him. <laughs> but, like, in a good way. Yeah, I oh like this song God. a lot. I, yeah, he's, I think... he's a funny dude. Um, th- Speaking of funny, Scene Queen, Pink Rover. Uh, This song is apeshit. It's very funny. It's so funny. Speaking of, I was talking about Boner before. Yeah. And Put a knife put under his, his boner. Cut it. Yeah. And then, like... I think this song could have very easily been really cheesy. Yeah. But the metal feels real. It like does. it could there like you you could do a song like this and it sounds like you are stealing from metal culture or like like it could just sound really shitty. Yeah. And it doesn't like she commits to the bit. It is so fucking good. The lyric where she goes, touch me again and I'll fucking scream covered in blood, just girly thing. It's so good. So good. She, this song's so funny. This this song, I think, popped off on TikTok this oh, week really? is why like it was shown to me. I don't know if this got our mics cut out for a second. Not great. Um, but shout out Raz, Raz from uh, Music Motel um, Discord server for putting me onto this. Mm-hmm. Um he literally so we use the thread system i use the thread system mm-hmm. nobody else uses the thread system i make like whenever anything comes out i like put a link to it in the thing and then i put a thread and raz dropped this in the thread and he made a, a thread for it and it was just like usually i make it like the the title of the artist like i'll say like I'll, S- sufjan stevens thread yeah um he just made the thread title what the fuck is this <laughs> <laughs> like, it was so good it made me laugh um a song is so good. Like I this is a compulsively repeatable song. Yeah. Like once I've heard it, I want to rewind it and listen yeah. to it again. Speaking of what the fuck is this? The Jack White single? Oh my god, what are Heidi you doing? Ho? What is Jack, this? What are you doing? <laughs> I literally said my notes say super interesting. Good. What the fuck is happening? You like it? I kind of do. I think this is shit. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. It's weird. His guitar sounds like he's farting into the mic for like a minute straight and then q-tip why is q-tip there okay a why is q-tip here b 
Q-Tip, what are you saying? <laughs> You're saying nothing. I think on this I like song. it for how stupid it is it's and how absurd so it is. It's so dumb. I also So the narrative around Boarding House Reach, Jack's last album, okay. has 180 so hard in uh-huh. the last few years cuz when it came out people were like, "What the fuck is going on with this?" And yeah. then people now people are like, "Oh, it's genius." I never moved past that first stage. I've tried so many times cuz I love I love the White Stripes obviously. And then I fucking love Jack's album Lazaretto. Mm-hmm. That was one of the first albums I bought on vinyl ever. Okay. I was like 14. I bought I, I bought I bought Arctic Monkeys AM. I bought Jack White's Lazaretto. I bought Air's Talkie Walkie and I got Blank Mass's Dumb Flesh. Those were my first four albums. Nice. I was a fucked up little kid. Yeah. Um but I love Lazaretto. I think that album is so good and like I'm not going to play into the narrative that White Stripes were like shackling Jack White because that's such a fucking annoying thing. Like Meg White was not shackling Jack White. That's a like the most bullshit, misogynist, annoying take in the world. But I really like how Lazaretto is able to let Jack like be a little more traditionally like guitar hero. Like yeah. he is he's definitely playing up like his guitar virtuosity mm-hmm. on that record and it sounds awesome. Like it's such a cool album. And then Boarding House Reach is just like, I'm going to rap. Okay. I'm going to rap just because. Am I crazy in thinking that this song sounds a little bit like a shitty Gorillaz song? <laughs> no, I would describe Boarding House Reach as kind of a shitty Gorillaz album. Okay. Because <laughs> that was what and I was thinking of. I, I was like. I say this as Gorillaz are my favorite band ever. Okay. Gorilla, Gorillaz, Gorillaz Plastic Beach is my favorite album of all time. And this is this sounds like shitty early Gorillaz. This yeah. is like old that. This could be on like G-Sides or something. <laughs> Um, that was like my first thought. I was like, <laughs> whoa. Yeah. Why hasn't Jack White been on a gorilla song yet? Why has that not happened? Has Q-Tip been on one? Uh, I don't think so. He also could have been. Get on it. <laughs> I, I, You said has Q-Tip been on one, and my brain went to um, go by the Chemical Brothers, which Q-Tip is on. Oh, okay. That's a banger. I, yeah, this is, I don't, I think it's interesting I think, um, and I, I, I want to see what the rest of the album sounds like. This is it, it could either win me over or not. So I liked the first single to this album is the thing. So he's dropping two albums this year. So and he's got singles out for both of them. Like he's okay. running the campaigns for both of them in like parallel. Yeah, which is it just which is, is weird. An interesting move. I, I think that's cool. And I like the first single for this album. I forget what it's called, but I, I was into it. Um. And then this one's a return this one to is like, from the other excuse, album. Like, what? what? How do these fit on the same thing? Yeah. Like, the first thing I thought of when I listened to this track is, oh, it feels like he's trying to get out of his record contract. <laughs> and then I remembered that he owns his record label. <laughs> so I was like, no, you're just doing this, huh? He's just trying to bankrupt himself. I guess. I don't know, man. Oh this my is God. a bad song, in my opinion. I, I need to listen to it again. I think I listened to it once, and I was just overwhelmed <laughs> by it. The amount that guitar sounds like a fart at the beginning is like, you, what are you doing to this <laughs> oh guitar? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, no, I went and I listened to this. No, I listened to it once, and then I listened to it again. And my first listen, I was like, this is awful. And then my second listen, I was like, am I missing something? So I think I might have <laughs> just been looking at it with like, through like, this has to be somewhat okay. I don't I don't think we said the name of the song is Heidi Ho. Yes. And on the song he goes like Heidi 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 Ho like five million yeah. times and then he gets Q tip doing it too. <laughs> it's like, I hope you got how a much fat you, fucking yeah, check. I was for about this, to say, Q-tip. how much did you pay Q tip to have him do this? He just destroyed all of his street cred. So funny. 
Are you kidding me? This only bolsters it. He can do what Q-Tip can do whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> he can literally do whatever he wants. Q-Tip is on a Stromae song. Oh, really? Stromae. So it's actually, there's an instrumental song on Russian Carré that they reworked for the Hunger Games Catching Fire. Okay. And it is, it's a huge, it's a ridiculous lineup. It is. So the song is credited to Stromae because it's his beat, but it's originally instrumental and it's people on top of it. Okay. So it's Lord. Okay. Hyam. Okay. Pusha T. Okay. Q-Tip. Okay. And Stromae. Weird. It is a fucking banger. It's called Meltdown. And Q-Tip on that song is so good. He just, his verse is so good. Like that's the kind of thing that like, if this was bad, Q-Tip doing a song for the Hunger Games Catching Fire could totally lessen what he's said. He's like all his work with Tribe like could go yeah. completely out the window if you do a song for this fucking stupid blockbuster movie. But somehow he gets out of it unscathed. Yeah. And like I feel the same way about this. Like yeah. I think this song is bad. It doesn't make me like Q-Tip any less. <laughs> he's, he's fine. He's just vibing here. Yeah. No. This is – I, I want to know more. <laughs> that's curious. that's the way I'm coming out of this. Is I, am I just I just want to know more. Um speaking of good verses, I think that the Denzel Curry single Ooh. is very good. Ooh. Flames. I liked it a lot. Flames. And I, I generally I am a pretty I I don't listen to any slow tie like oh, separately, oh, but I, I really him. like him on features. You I need should, to listen to more of You him. should get you should definitely check out um his album Nothing Great About Britain. Okay. Because like people pick him for features just like that's what his music sounds like yeah he's got such a distinctive voice yeah and presence and personality like his like this is like not in his pocket this song like him being filtered and only on the hook he's got such a big personality that like he almost feels underutilized here when the album when the when the beat just to be clear, I like his presence on the yeah. song, and I think the song works, but I think there's an alternate universe of this song where the breakbeats kicked in and Slow Tide just went insane. Yeah. Like, I think there is a version of that song that exists on a hard drive somewhere. The um, I liked the uh, the change in the beat. Curry on the breakbeats is like, huh? Yeah. Huh? This is, it's a, it's a very cool single. Yeah. I like it a lot. I think this album is shaping up to be like maybe one of the best rap projects this year because the last one, Walkin', is also crazy good and has nice. a really cool beat switch. Um, I'm all in for Denzel. I love him so much. Yeah, this is cool. I'm yeah. really into it. Yeah. Um, uh, this song is, Zato- is Zatoichi. Yeah. Yes. Um, Gene Dawson, Porn Acting. I like this song a lot. This is one that I had to wrap my head around. Yeah. I wasn't quite sure if I liked it or I hated it the first few times I heard it. Um, and I think that as soon as I stopped taking it, like, super seriously, I enjoyed it a lot more. The lyric, um, fake my death, Tupac myself, is very funny. Yeah. Gene is... So this song in particular, more than a lot of others... He's like taking genres and just putting it in a blender and pressing the button, yeah. and like this is what comes out. Normally, I'm not a huge fan of like anthemic choruses like that. Yeah, um, but I think that this one because it was his vocal delivery on the chorus is so fun. Ah, yeah, it's yeah. so good. It was good, and he he definitely grimed it up a little bit. Oh yeah, because normally I don't like how clean those come out, like mm-hmm. more anthemic shit. But I thought that he did a good job of still making it sound uh, down to earth. Um, yeah, I think Gene is like. This is kind of a cliche thing to say about him, but I think he is one to watch. Like, I think I think his profile is going to rise. It already has gotten yeah. way bigger. I think his profile is just going to rise and rise and rise. Yeah. Um. Yeah. If you like accessible rap rock 
fusion, but like not like rapping over rock beats or singing like ra- this isn't fucking Mario Judah. Like yeah. that's not what's happening here. It is a very very direct fusion of rap and rock. Not even like in Rage Against the Machine style. Like, yeah. It is taking very even influence from both sides of hip hop and rock and like putting them in a fucking blender. Like it it is, if you, if that sounds cool to you and you can dig like anthemic choruses and very cool conceptual music videos is Mm -hmm. another thing he does really well. um, I think you will probably like this a lot. This is going to be a really weird comparison that I'm going to make that is divisive. Take me on this ride. Um, So deserved it <laughs> you probably are gonna say that for what i'm about to say um you know white men are black men too by young fathers yeah so you know how that album there's not not across the whole thing by any means mm-hmm. but there are some that are much more like easy like rock r&b yeah. rap songs i feel like gene dawson kind of reminds me of if one of those guys made a song for fun mm-hmm. with none of the politics and none of this like grandiosity of their music. I could see that. It's been a long, I think we've talked about this before, but it's been a really long time since I listened to any Young Fathers and I didn't like it the first time I, I heard it. I adore so. Young Fathers. They're probably it's, one of my favorite groups ever. It's been a long time since I heard them. I'm definitely due for a re I really think you should because I think that uh, White Men or Black Men 2 is, I think, a near flawless album. The artist, awesome. the artist I can point out that this song reminds me of most who's like current right now is Tizo Touchdown. Um, but I think this song and Gene in general is like the substance of what Tizo has style. Okay. Like Tizo is gesturing towards this in his music, but a lot of what sells him is his image. Mm-hmm. And Gene is like, like I've seen so many Gene Dawson music videos mm-hmm. and like been listening to him for a while. I don't know what he looks like. I'm trying to think of it now. I don't know what he looks like. Um, I've seen his face, yeah. but like, the imagery in his videos is never about him. It's yeah. about like the things happening to him or what's around him. On his the cover of his album, he's wearing a football helmet and you can't see his face. Yeah. Um on this single cover he's backlit by yeah. fire. You can't see him. Yeah. Like I, I think I think it's very like Tizo they're operating in the same lane, but where Tizo is style, Gene is substance. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this, that's one to watch. Um Barty Strange, Heavy Heart, Ooh. forgettable. What? Yeah. God damn. So um, I disagree. I thought it was sort of just like COVID was hard, but I have love. Have you heard um, any of Bartice's other stuff? No. I thought the instrumental was nice, though. Yeah. I like this instrumentally more than I liked it lyrically. Um, I think Bartice is just such a valuable voice in rock, like in this space right now. Um, like, obviously, just because of A, the racial politics of indie rock are, yeah. as always, a fucking disaster area. Yeah. And it is nice to have someone that is A, black, B, like, loudly black in this space and, yeah. like, making, like, indie rock music in indie rock tradition that is unapologetically black. And yeah. I think I think that is, like, there's not many artists with even as much reach as Bartise, who's not, like, an amazingly popular artist, who are doing that. And I think the more he carves out his individual voice, the stronger his music gets. Yeah. Like, I, I think this, I, I, I don't know. I think this is a great song. I think it's just so well produced and put together and composed. Um, and the hook is stuck in my head as we are talking. As yeah. Just like my dad. It's, it's in my head as we're speaking. I, I really, really loved this song. 
Um, I think you should check out Live Forever because it's actually really weird. It's way weirder than this song. There's mm. a song on there called Moss Blurred that's like, I don't even know what that means. I have yeah. no idea what Moss Blurred is. And <laughs> one word, M-O-S-S-B-L-E-R-D. Oh, okay. And it like, it sounds like somebody is like gargling in your ear. It's like all like synthetic texture. It is bizarre. Very strange. Um, but also there's like really driving like arcade fiery indie rock tracks on there. Like fucking um, Boomer is such a good song. Oh my God. That song slams. Um, I think I, will take a look. I think he's just really good at making cool anthems. Yeah. This next one, our last single is Divisive. Oh. Did you find the money farm? By Bruce Lee Band. <laughs> well, divisive, and so, because I wrote bad period ska period bad because ska period. Here's the thing, I was all hyped up to like argue with you about ska <laughs> on the podcast, <laughs> and and then I didn't like this song. I preemptively win the ska debate. But like this song is like this is like the brand of ska I don't really care for. Um, and what brand of ska do you care for? Most of them. <laughs> This one is not beat heavy at all. Like it, it just feels limp and noodly. <laughs> it's like it's it's like a little gooby. <laughs> what you wah, like your squad turgid? Wah, wah, like what do you? <laughs> no, like I, I like it like heavier, like okay. crazier, wilder. Fucking like even like real big fish is crazier than this. Just the bringing up of real big fish and like. <laughs> an earnest way it just makes me laugh sell out by real big fish is a banger and the more <laughs> the more so here's the thing i approach i tr- i genuinely try to approach all music that i listen to from a completely earnest perspective because i think that will make me more clear-headed about the things i listen to there's some shit that i'm obviously coming into like a little jaded like i'm going to listen to fucking like ed sheeran or whatever i know that ed sheeran sucks and i don't want to listen to ed sheeran yeah and I will come into that with expectations but like unless it has bring me the horizon on it sure <laughs> um <laughs> But, like, with with ska, like, ska as a culture is so unapologetically welcoming and kind and, like, anti-fascist. <laughs> like, it is all three of those things at once. And I, I cannot, I can't in good conscience, like, say anything bad about it as a culture ever. i can do the same thing for juggalos though no i can say bad things about juggalos as really? a culture because like they're insane <laughs> like, but they lay like, i mean you can't blame them they're like insane clown posse but like i have approached insane clown posse on an earnest level i have i have yeah. attempted to listen to insane clown posse there's juggalo music i like yes. i totally dig fucking ouija mac and uh uh what's his name blazia dead homie blazia dead homie is the best struggler rapper i but, like fucking miracles <laughs> well that's just funny <laughs> like in magnets like, how do they work i have approached i have approached insane clown posse on an earnest level and i have listened to them and i have determined that they suck at rapping and i don't want to listen to them <laughs> yeah but like what i'm saying is the culture because juggalos are also welcoming i guess i don't know but that culture is a lot of like it's the fbi's and... fault well sure well yeah no i'm not saying that juggalos have not been like mistreated by the government or that they <laughs> juggalos aren't... are an oppressed group <laughs> well the, the, i mean like it's hard because yes like on some level i mean like any like the fbi like going after any gang is bad period always and 
like juggalos deserve it the least of like any gang i've heard defining like, juggalos as a gang is already it's ridiculous weird. yeah it's just ridiculous um but like you can't there's like it's still in the lyrics there's a ton of like raping women and like misogyny yeah. and like fucking murdering people like it's hardcore obviously that shit's gonna be there but like like at the same time it is a welcoming culture based around some tropes that i'm not necessarily super fond of and i'm saying that as somebody who likes some of the music like it's yeah. it's just not built on like a foundation that i can entirely say i put myself behind yeah. but sky is like i mostly say that as devil's advocate because i just don't like ska i you sh- i think you should like ska i think I, you should you th- okay i don't like ska foundationally because i think the the music isn't good. What what ska have you been exposed to that made you think this way? Real Big Fish? Um, oh God, what ska really was it? I think I did listen to one Real Big Fish album and I've heard some other more deep cut ska because my friends have played it for mm-hmm. me and none of it has been good to me. Okay, so if you, my introductory ska record for you, I can't remember oh the God. fucking name of it. <laughs> i it is. So this is the ska album that my dad used to play for me when I was a kid. So you did grow up with ska. I grew up with one ska. And That's then enough, later... though, because I grew up with one one stoner rock, and now I like stoner rock. It is uh, uh, Ska Boom by The Toasters. <laughs> uh, banger fucking album. My dad loves The Toasters. See, this is you're proving my thesis correct, um, that you have to grow up with ska to like ska i think that is very very silly i think that's a really silly conceit i don't think you have to grow up with anything to like anything um there is so do you like jeff rosenstock um no i thought ska dream was a bad album not ska dream okay i'm not talking about ska dream i'm talking about his i haven't non-ska listened projects. to i have i have worry on my list but i haven't listened okay to it. worry is one of my favorite albums of all time yeah um did you listen to no dream no do you know what no dream is no is it a No Wave album? No. Okay. <laughs> Ska Dream, it's so funny and weird to me. Like, I don't mean this, like, passive-aggressively. I hope it doesn't come across as passive-aggressive. But it's so funny and weird to me that you don't know that Ska Dream is a redo. Yeah, I don't know anything no about Dream. it. No Dream is his newest album. And Ska Dream, so his roots are in Ska. Like, he, st- he started in the Long Island Ska scene, which is big. Um in this band called Bomb the Music Industry, um, which then grew into the Arrogant Sons of Bitches, which is an awesome ska band. I should specify, I've skimmed Ska Dream. Okay. Um, so Ska Dream is, he's primarily a punk musician. Yeah. And his album No Dream, which is fucking phenomenal. Ska Dream is, on April Fool's Day, he released an edit of the cover of no his album no dream edited it photoshopped into ska dream and said ska dream coming 420 and we were all like haha funny joke jeff and then he actually did it <laughs> and he re-recorded every song on the album as a ska song he the, that album is songs restructured to be ska and i still think i still love ska dream i think it's really good but i think it's just so funny that like you don't you don't have that context yeah i have no context um I just have friends who are into ska, and they've always been like, "This is the greatest ska album that I can think of. Please listen to it." And um, I like skim it, and I'm like, "This is not good to me." It is. So, is it because it's formulaic? Um, no, it's more the production style of ska just bothers me. Okay. And I don't like the like, like that kind of style. I'm trying to think what you would like. Um, 
because like the world of ska is pretty broad um this is make another podcast called world of ska world of ska (laughs) um i don't know i feel like i can't even properly debate my own position in this because i don't have enough ska experience but i just know that like when i hear ska i like it (laughs) uh funny sound good yeah um oh uh the infested is this band uh (laughs) that i love that is a much that is like borderline hardcore because ska initially comes out of reggae and hardcore i like like that this singles portion has become ska ska (laughs) lessons with sophie so it's born out of reggae and hardcore um do you like bad brains i haven't listened to any of their stuff okay you should listen to bad brains classic punk record their first their first album their self-titled is fucking classic and that is a much more direct fusion of reggae and punk. Um, but like it comes out of the combination of those two scenes, right? So there is really vicious Scott, like there exists ska music that is really vicious and hard and like punishing, mm-hmm. um, but still has like a brass section and like reggae influence. Um, at, it's just, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. Like it can, ska can be a lot. Um, yeah, no, uh, the the infested. I forget what the album is. It's like kind of. It's a very DIY uh, album cover. Uh, it is called "Myths, Lies, and Hypocrites." Is the name of the record that I love. And if you if you want if you want proof that ska doesn't have to be silly all the time, <laughs> that is your record. The album is fucking awesome. Uh, album rips start to front to back. That album is hard. So you're as fuck. trying to make me into a hip hop head. And a ska, ska enjoyer. enjoyer. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to broaden you, you know. Because like, I'm broad, <laughs> just not could, in the areas you where you stand want to me be to, broader. You just don't want. You want me to be broader in your way. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Is the same not true of you for the Caroline record? Um, no, I don't. I think that there are definitely people who could live their whole lives without hearing the album and be fine. <laughs> um, I mean, I think there are people who could live their whole lives without hearing a ska record and be fine. Like it's pretty niche, but I mean, I think it's niche yet accessible. I don't think it is like. I don't think it's like a super out there thing to get into. Um, I will turn you into a hip hop head, though. That will I'm happen. I'm cool with that. that I, I would like that. I've been trying to do that for like four years. That will. It'll it's happen. It's just a very slow, slow process. We'll, we'll, we'll find stuff. It, and I'm I'm saying this now. It's because I didn't hear a hip hop song until I was in like a sophomore year of high school. That's hilarious. Yeah, That's I grew really up funny. so white. That's really so funny. incredibly white. I mean, I did too. Like like we have more similar backgrounds than i think you yeah. think but except I, I had zero ska yeah except you didn't have any fucking ska i had so no what ska is this podcast even worth? i had no ska i had only um, flipping the fucking table i had brit pop stoner rock and punk that was wow. what my dad played wow yeah yeah no my parents are all 80s my mom well, likes my, foo fighters my dad <laughs> my, my parents are very 80s like they like a lot of 80s music that's yeah. what they listen to but my dad listens to like a lot of like he loves like Echo and the Bunnymen. I think he's seen Depeche Mode live like in their prime, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, he likes a lot of that stuff. I played a one time. It's always funny. Sometimes I'll like listen to like classics, quote unquote, mm. and I'll like play them in the car or whatever. My mom's like, how did you find this? <laughs> <laughs> like I played a Mystify by NXS and she's like, how That's did so you funny. know that this existed? I was like, it's not that it's obscure. On, it's on Spotify, mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Apple Music, actually. 
yeah, I think that's about all I have to say on that topic. Yeah. We're about to hit 200 minutes on our, cool. on it's our because, recording. It's because we're based. We, are, we also did pick nine albums Yeah, we picked week. a lot this yeah. week. Um, and a lot of very juicy singles. It's yeah. just been a juicy couple it's weeks. It's been a juicy couple weeks. Yeah. And it's going to be a juicy weekend at Savannah Stopover. Oh, yeah, well, I'm very excited to see Soccer so Mommy. We can do a little discussion about yes. all of that yes. next time. Yes. All right. This has been Hot on the Presses. We are still hot. And still on the presses. So true. <laughs> this has been Megan. This has been Sophie. And uh, we'll talk to you guys in the next couple of weeks. Peace out. Peace out. Bye-bye. Je suis un fils de pute, comme ils disent Après tout ce qu'elle a fait pour eux Pardonne leurs bêtises Oh chère mère, ils te déshumanisent C'est plus facile, les mêmes te gourdisent Et tout le monde ferme les yeux